All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to my channel and welcome to my first live stream. Today, we're going to discuss several topics about Latin Americans in Latin America and in the U.S. in business. We're going to go over some topics that are happening in different countries in Latin America and also here in the U.S. I want to welcome all of you to tune in every Monday at the same time, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And on Thursdays, we're not going to have a live stream, but we're going to have different shows, and it's called A Guide to Entrepreneurship. It's going to be every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And without further ado, let's start with uh, sharing one of the topics of today and researching the information about economy in different countries of Latin America, I came across of a situation that is happening right now in two places. One is my beautiful island, Puerto Rico, and the other one is in Mexico. Uh, I'm going to start with Puerto Rico. As many of you guys know, or if you guys don't know, Luma Energy is taking over the um, Autoridad de Energía Eléctrica, which is the Electric Energy Authority in Puerto Rico. And this is a company that's been highly rejected by many uh, Puerto Ricans, also by the uh, Energy Authority that is currently giving service in Puerto Rico, because this is a company that was founded in January 2020. And basically, the government of Puerto Rico signed a contract with Luma, and they give Luma uh, with $100 million so that they can set up shop. Basically, this is a company that doesn't have any other contracts. They have no experience whatsoever, and they have never um, made any type of uh, energy work before. So I'm going to share with you uh, some information so that you guys can see basically what I'm talking about. Give me one second. Okay. Uh, let me know in the comment section if you guys can see uh, what I am seeing. If you guys can see it, let me know. If you guys cannot see it, also let me know. You guys can see it? Okay, perfect. So the news starts, Luma rejects mounting criticism of Puerto Rico grid operating contract sees 100 million annual savings. So basically, this was published in October 13, 2020. The company had 10 months of being founded. And basically, what this company was promising us in Puerto Rico was savings through um, their company, quote unquote, rebuilding the power grid after Hurricane Maria in 2017. However, 
as news develop over time, we have discovered that the reason why um, this company is offering a quote-unquote discount to our citizens is because they're acquiring a loan of $800 million that we will be paying in with interest in probably 10, 15 years. So future generations are going to carry the burden of having to pay the high cost of energy plus fuel plus this loan that Luma is taking to start operations in Puerto Rico. And I wanted to read certain things that I found in the article that were very interesting to me. And it says right here, the largest part of Luma's energy's fee for running the grid must be paid whether or not the company is performing well. Sancillo wrote, the Luma contract is objectionable on a mix of policy and procedural grounds that are so extensive that its execution is unlikely to achieve critical resiliency, affordability, renewable energy, workforce, and budgetary goals. Basically, um, what is happening is that Luma Energy is has a contract that will last till 2040 and it will be renewable over there but we already have a contract with AES that we're currently paying which is why electricity in Puerto Rico is so expensive so Luma will add another tier of that so basically we're paying uh per kilowatts uh we were paying 30 cents plus the taxes plus what we have to pay to AES till 2034. And with Luma, it will be plus the Luma uh, loan that they're going to get for $800 million. So regardless of them being sustainable or giving us a better uh, power grid system, which they're not going to do, they already explained yesterday, and Saturday that they're not going to touch the infrastructure, which is where the majority of the problem in Puerto Rico is, is the infrastructure and we don't have reliable energy. So they're not going to fix the problem, but they already said that it doesn't matter that regardless of their service, they're still going to uh, charge the fee that is... uh, has been agreed in the contract, regardless of their service being reliable or not. So I want to discuss this subject and I have see Ola Bo already on the stream. I'm gonna bring her up. Hi, Ola Board. Hi, how is everyone tonight? I'm good, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. And I think, um, this is a really interesting topic because something that I noticed in Puerto Rico especially is that America uses um, the resources and exploits the resources of Puerto Rico while acting as if um, it's not really a, um, a part of the United States. And yeah. um, there's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of people making money getting rich off of Puerto Rico you know yeah yeah it's 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 basically the same problem we were having with our airport uh our airport was in the same condition our telephone company too and it's because basically 
the government that we have continuously voted for because people tend to vote with emotions instead of thinking, hey, who's a good administrator? Let's just try something new. And we have inherited so much debt that at this point, we're not a sustainable island. So what's happening is that these governments are creating programs that are like eternal, eternal contracts that are not sustainable. And when the companies, you, you have a monopoly, for example, the, the electricity authority in Puerto Rico basically was a monopoly. Because it's the only company that will provide you energy in Puerto Rico, as you know, different from the United States. So basically, what the company did is that they continue to give bonuses and like big salaries to its employees, and it was never saving or towards a rainy day. It was not being administered correctly, and what they did is that they bankrupt that monopoly. And when that happens with any institution in Puerto Rico that is a public institution like the uh, electric authority, eventually they will have to sell for a very cheap price. And then an American company will take over or a Mexican company will take over like it happened with the airport. And then they will buy it for like a very cheap price because it's a bankrupt monopoly and they can do whatever they want. And that includes also selling you like a more expensive service or getting more in more into debt by acquiring loans because there are a public slash private uh, association. So they still have some benefits that the government has, which is acquiring funds towards, towards loans and stuff. But at the same time, it's for profit for themselves. So one day, let's say they bankrupt, they go bankrupt or something. Uh, they really don't have any responsibility to the people. And I think that's something that we don't talk about much when we're talking about situations that are happening in Puerto Rico. It's happening with the coasts. It's happening with our airport. It's happening with our communication system. And now we're seeing happening with the power grid situation. And it's really sad. So um, I think, um, something that happens in Latin America and in, in all countries, really, um, is that a lot of times they find politicians that can be puppets and they um that are willing to to allow um the U the USA and other countries to be able to exploit their resources because um for example I, I just um posted an article in the private chat um there was there were some um FEMA officials who were arrested after yes. um, Maria. Yeah, because of the Cobra situation. We had a situation with uh, Cobra that was a company that was uh, basically the same thing that happened with, I believe, Whitefish. Is These companies are basically LLCs that are registered, like let's say I register an LLC today and I will make a proposal to the government or I will like approach somebody that it's like a government official and I would say, hey, I can provide the system, but you will have to pay me to set up shop, which is basically, like I said, it's it's extremely taxing on people that are already suffering the burnt of being basically a U.S. territory. So what they do is that they give this friend's that they have acquired, hey, I'll give you $100 million in, from the government's purse and you give me back 10 under the table. 
So by enriching themselves, they're selling us away, which is why we're always telling people and let's encourage people to vote smartly. Let's start being more uh, aware of the problems that are happening and not letting things slide. Like right now, where the country is divided over this contract. There's some people that are saying, well, we should give this company a shot because we're so tired of the AEE. But at the same time, I'm like, they don't have the capacity to actually take over and they don't care that you get service because regardless of them giving giving us services, they're still going to charge their fee, which is why it's so controversial and it's it's kind of disturbing. It's, it's really disturbing. And on top of that, they don't even want to address the public. They were given an opportunity today to... Um, go into an interview with the AEE uh, third party and themselves, and they said they wanted to only speak in English, knowing that the majority of the public speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. So because the people that were interviewing them uh, could not speak English, they decided to just stay quiet. So they're not giving their side of the story. They're not providing us with an avenue to repeal or cancel the contract. I would love to see the development of this and see what happens in the future. But I think, I don't know, I think it will end up in the contract not being canceled, in my opinion. I remember about maybe a year or two ago, the people in, in Puerto Rico, they they up, they had like an uprising and they um, were able to change the leadership. So the, the people are very strong there. And I think yes. it takes um, people, you know, making their voices heard and and protesting because they can definitely make change. You never really see so many people in the streets the way that they were in Puerto, in Puerto Rico. Uh, yes, it, it was in 2019. You saw the protest about mm-hmm. our governor. We yes. kicked him out because, because of his stupidity, 4,000 people died after the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So, and that people still forgave him for that. They were a little bit bitter about him, but they still gave him the opportunity because he was, uh, you know, representing the youth. But when the telegram chat was exposed and he was making fun of Puerto Ricans dying and saying like, oh, like, you know, this Christmas is not going to smell like gasoline because people don't have to depend on generators. We're so tired of that. And making fun of people, calling women bitches and stuff like that on on a Telegram chat that was with a lot of government officials that he named and appointed, people got fed up. You know, we had people that had to bury their family members in their backyard because the cadavers were decomposing. Nobody was going to pick them up. The island was destroyed. And he was making fun of people behind closed doors in a chat. So I, I would love to see what happens eventually with this Luma contract, which is, to me, it's it's very nerve-wracking. I believe it's very unfair. And also, for what I have read, because it's, it's 800 pages, so I haven't finished reading it myself, but in the pages that I have read, there's five points where this contract given to Luma Energy is against the law. So will they be able to cancel the contract or reform it like the current governor wants? We do not know. Um, 
I see your your link here. I'm going to try to share it so that people can see what you were talking about after Maria. And this is FEMA. This is um this is an American this is like a, a right for all American territories and states and and they were committing fraud. Yeah. It says FEMA official arrested for fraud over Hurricane Maria recovery effort in Puerto Rico. Okay. This is the lady that was with Cobra, right? I believe so. Okay. So it says a former administrator of the Federal Emergency Management Agency was arrested Tuesday for taking bribes from the president of a company that landed $1.8 billion in federal contracts to repair Puerto Rico's electrical grid after Hurricane Maria devastated the island in September 2017. Federal authorities arrested Asha, Asha, I don't know how her name is, but it's Tribble, FEMA's former deputy administrator for the region that includes Puerto Rico. Donald Keith Ellison, the former president of Cobra Acquisition, was also arrested. FEMA said the agency takes allegations of employee misconduct extremely seriously and added that they are fully cooperating with federal investigators in a statement. Yeah, this is the lady that basically worked for FEMA and was telling the AEE employees, which is the uh, um, electrical authority in Puerto Rico, the energy authority, that they needed to comply in a specific way if they wanted FEMA to give the almost $2 billion to them to repair the power grid. And in reality, what she was doing was a backdoor deal with COBRA, uh, which was somebody that she was involved even romantically, I believe so. And they gave her money to purchase a penthouse, a home here in California. You know, she had a bank account, I believe, for like $2 million, something like that. She was embezzling money for this company. You know, she was sharing internal information with Cobra from FEMA so that they could land the contract, even though Cobra was not even the cheapest company that uh, did an estimate for FEMA. So this lady is in hot water right now, like after they arrested her, because the federal government in Puerto Rico said that they have enough proof to prosecute and convict. So this is a case that we're still seeing alongside Julia Kelleher and many others that have embezzled left and right money from the people in Puerto Rico towards their own pockets. And it, like I said, it's the situation in Puerto Rico is really, really sad. Um, I just feel like we need to bring more awareness of the situation so that people can make their own opinions about it. And let's take action. What do you think, Colabor? I think that um, the awareness is the most important thing because once people are aware, because everyone is, is fed up with... Um, not having electricity, having power outages, having to pay so much money, having no representation. People are fed up. But a lot of times, um, I think being a, a colony of America or like um, being like, like being a part of America, but not really being a state, you're not getting the representation, but you get some sort of pride. Some people feel pride right? Yeah. That's what they, they offer. It's like, oh, you're American, right? Yes. But it's time that people demand 
demands um more a better treatment right, right. We, need to, we need to demand a better treatment and i think like i said we are in a great position because we're seeing this problem from the outside we're here in the u.s we're mm -hmm. seeing how things are happening we have access to washington dc we has we have access to many of these companies and the ceos and all this stuff so i i think that we are in a sweet spot and we have like you have a leverage. great opportunity yes there's leverage so that's why precisely i wanted to create this channel because i feel we we constantly talk about how unfair the system is to us and it is however we are not attacking things because we don't know them mm -hmm. and that is something that always put us in a position where you know we're always at the bottom well if you notice there's something happening that's similar with dc with washington dc because you know yes. it's not a state yes it's, um a district i believe but something there's something similar happening where they're wanting to be considered a state so i think i think if there was like some sort of um if, if people reach out to each other i think there could be a big push to get both of, of those places either recognized as a state or at least given the same protection and rights. Because I think the hurricane really showed, um, it shows where America stands. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it, it's, it's something that, I mean, it was so devastating that that was the only positive thing that I think came out of it. Like people for once, like I have not, met anybody here that when i tell them where i'm from they always talk to me about hurricane maria mm -hmm. and it, it literally put the eyes of the world on us and we can finally like talk and i think that's what snowballed the situation towards the 2019 protests when we kicked out our governor outside mm -hmm. and i feel that we should keep the momentum alive if we don't keep that momentum and start taking care of you know home and like what's happening down there using our leverage of being here in the u.s you know because um you guys actually do have a very strong voting block if you use it if you use it because there's yeah. like there's certain states where you could really change the outcome of an election right yes. um definitely like new york florida is a huge population as well um and in massachusetts like i'm a, i'm a believer of someone having to earn my vote you know if yeah. you're not if you're not taking care of of my interests then i'm not you're not going to get my vote i don't care if you're democrat or republican and so um in dc they're trying to push to become a state and i think that that would be a good front to kind of unite on because if you remember as well like this is where the black and brown communities could really benefit each other, right? Because in Hurricane Katrina was, I think the first example of, it, it was Maria before Maria, right? That was yeah, it was, it was just as devastating. I remember Katrina, oh my God, Katrina was horrible, was a horrible sight, especially if you've lived through a hurricane, you know what people in Louisiana went through when they faced Katrina. That I was mean, super devastating. People, people floating in water, people starving, Americans, these are Americans. And it's the same thing with, with, with Maria, that people are starving 
and we have access. We can drop, we can drop water off in the Middle East. We can drop water off and food off in you know thousands of miles away, but we can't take care of our own people because they're because they're minorities. That's the truth. If this would have would have happened in another state that was um, majority, you know, white, they wouldn't have treated them that way. If it would have happened, um, you know, in, in in Kansas or somewhere like that, they would have made sure they they got the resources to those people. But yeah, you know what's crazy though? Like we saw the same thing happening to Texas and Florida. Even though, I mean, they still got their funds first than us, but they still got half. Like half of people don't, I think people don't understand sometimes like uh, the the FEMA aid that we got for the reconstruction was cut in half because half needed to go to Donald Trump's wall in the border. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened to Miami with Irma and the same thing happened in Texas with Irma. So it's like I said, it, it's it's kind of complicated. And, and I think people don't understand these situations because they don't follow the development of the stories, right? So even right now that they say, oh, like, you know, let's celebrate because uh, Joe Biden approved the $6.8 billion that are needed to finish the reconstruction of the island. What he's not saying is that FEMA does not uh, give you the money per se. They're going to divide it in municipalities, which is like counties here in the US, mm -hmm. right? And the municipalities have to have the money to rebuild and FEMA will reimburse this money. Right. So that's another another. Yeah. So many. So who's going to be who's going to be disenfranchised? It's not going to be the very wealthy areas, the capital. It's going to be the little small cities and towns that already were suffering before the hurricane. So All the areas in the interior like and even not even not even that the capital, too, because the major of San Juan that we had was you know, very incompetent. She literally let San Juan go and rot and she bankrupt the whole municipality. So obviously uh, they don't have the money to rebuild. So something has to be done. And eventually we have a time limit as a commonwealth to use certain funds. Like if you don't use certain funds in a certain amount of time, they will go back to the federal uh, purse, like the purse of the United States. So it puts, they're saying right now that more than half of the municipalities don't have the funds to rebuild and get the reimbursement from FEMA. Wow. So I, how is this going to fix what needs to be fixed in the island? We don't know. What we know is that we have to come up with a plan here in the U.S. to address this in Washington, which is something that I hope the many quote-unquote Puerto Ricans on YouTube streets that I've been facing also start being more aware of instead of attacking one another, you know, because these are issues that if we don't solve them in 2021, our kids will inherit them. We will lose our land. We will lose um, our people, basically, our culture, because many people will be forced out of the to island. The, to, the, to the states. Yeah, of course. Of people have have had to do 
is you know migrate um to the states when there's like a puerto rico is is paradise you know yeah. that's a place where so many people go to to have vacations and enjoy themselves but at the same time it's at the expense of the the local people it's a tax haven for many people that want to evade paying taxes so basically like i said it's it's very um it's if you're like if you really love your people your country your culture it's very painful to watch how we succumb to this willingly and we don't do anything to protest this situation that's happening well like you said that takes that takes awareness and having your channel and and also just like you know making making these things known to the masses because a lot of people don't know about day-to-day -day, um struggles um of people on the islands and it, there's also other islands like guam for example that's a yes. u.s territory there everything it repeats itself i think if um if we all like sort of unite then we we do have the numbers we do have yeah, the numbers for sure. And the and the thing is, like many of like if you evaluate like our cultures and stuff, like we often just like to uh, point our eyes to the government. Oh, the government is doing this. The government is doing that. Yes, our governments are. They share something in common with the U.S. government. They're extremely corrupted. I agree with that. Now, the changes never come from the people on top. They always come from the people at the bottom. So we are all at the bottom. We're under their booth. We have to do something to come up and rise above all of these problems. And I think, you know, even if it's, I just started this YouTube channel, like even if it's by bringing awareness or like letting people know, hey, this is what's happening down there, then this is what we have to do alongside of us starting our own businesses in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. alongside of us bringing in the cash flow that we need and reclaiming our land, which is something that many of us are trying to do, at least the ones that are first generation here, like mm -hmm. myself. Now, go ahead. It's also about, um, I think, calling out the, the politicians who are corrupt because None of this can happen without people on the ground, right? Yeah. Taking bribes. Not, they need puppets. So when there are puppets, call them out. Get them out of there. Get them out of there. If they're not taking care of the people and the interests of the people, then they need to go. For and sure. I think you guys have that power to do that because what happened in 2019 amazing it was beautiful let me yeah. tell you we have people in switzerland we have people in new york we had people here in la there was people in brazil venezuela mexico everywhere protesting so that our government our government could be kicked out and they all started quitting because we were not gonna let it go and we got our mf governor out because he was literally not working for us. And he was like the worst governor we've had experience in modern Puerto Rico. Now, um, I want to take the subject to another issue 
that we have had uh, in Latin America that caught my attention in the past few days, and that is the banning of outsourcing the way we know it in manufacturing in Mexico. I'm going to share an article. I'm going to try to explain it in English, even though it's in Spanish. So bear with me for those who don't know Spanish. Okay, it's basically eliminating the outsourcing. And the question is, is it going to damage Mexico's economy? Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, know that, for example, Walmart has their manufacturing in Mexico because basically they're exploiting Mexican people, paying them less for doing the same things that we're doing here in the East Coast when they have their factories. And then they come here and they make like a maximum profit by selling their product even for more money while paying Mexican workers nothing and not giving them any benefits. So basically the Mexican government came with this concept where they believe is going to fix that problem. And what that is going to do is that it's going to force these companies to outsource in the right way and pay the workers uh, the right amount of money plus some benefits. Now, while I agree with this, my issue with this situation is that many of these companies that do this stuff are doing it for saving money. So do I agree that it will damage the economy to a certain degree? Because we have 23 million Mexicans work in the manufacturing business. And these companies only have 90 days to adapt to this new system where they have to pay the workers more plus benefits. So it's not independent contractors anymore. Now they're employees. And many of them are just going to close close shop. So where is that going to leave the workers is what's causing a lot of friction between the people and the government. And to be honest with you, I have to side with the people. This is something being done sloppy. I think it's it's a good thing that they're doing this because I believe they deserve a fair payment. And especially since we're seeing Walmart, you know, and other corporations enriching themselves with their labor. But I feel it should have been implemented in a more intelligent way where it will not hurt the economy and eventually the workers and families in Mexico. So how is this going to work? We will discuss it as we know more about this situation. If there's people from Mexico that wants to discuss this with me, they can jump on the panel too. Um, If they want to ask questions about it, I'll share everything I know about it. If you have a question on the board, I'll share um, what I know about the subject so far. But basically, that's uh, what I have seen so far happening with the situation. Now, do you have uh, something to add to this? Well, this is something that I've noticed because if, if you look in the last few years, the last maybe three years um, or so, Mexico was actually doing pretty good. Um, the, the net, the amount of people leaving Mexico to come to America for jobs decreased like substantially. Like, and I think that this is kind of like, um, this is like a, a, another backdoor thing 
where it's like, listen, we do need your labor, right? And so it's another way to try to cripple their economy in the, in a sense, because Mexico, um, their quality of life was improving. And um, I think that that's never good for America. No. Um, it's always in the best interest of America for our neighbors to be poor, our neighbors to the South. It's always in the in the best interest because we need we need the labor. We need the the um to outsource labor. But but you know what's the thing that irritates me is that they always come to us like after they have devastated, for example, they devastated Mexico. You know, as much as I do agree, yeah, their people need to come together and put differences aside so that they can become the strong nation they can be. Mm -hmm. I feel that the U.S. keeps on hammering on them because allowing and also they're they're in cahoots, in my opinion, they're in cahoots with the Mexican government, too, because of course, about it, like as a government, I have to look out for my people. And I feel that the Mexican government sometimes not sometimes, but most of the times do not look out for their people. Like why? Okay, if you wanted this to be this way, you should have known this before you implemented this outsourcing and allow these people to do this stuff to your people. Now, you're going to implement this law and what that is going to represent for the benefit of the families and the workers that depend on that payment and that paycheck to bring food to their tables, to pay for the stuff they need to buy to send their kids to school and so and so and so. That's what worries me because we're talking about 23 million workers that depend on manufacturing alone. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about five, we're not talking about one million, we're talking about 23. So like I said, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very cringe to watch this stuff happen because it puts, us in a state of anxiety you know because we're seeing this stuff happening and there's not so much we can do today but we have to come up with a plan it's the same thing that we were talking uh previously with uh puerto rico it's the same thing we have to come with plans since we're here to leverage these things for our people one thing i will definitely will you know love to see happening is mexican corporations being the ones that outsource the manufacturing that's one of the things that it could be done to actually bridge that gap and help the people to a certain degree because you know you it will be like an internal um economy you know you're still putting money injecting money into you know mexicans economy through the families and the paychecks and the workers you're hiring but at the same time sell your product here and export it outside sell it for more and then bring back that money and keep the economy flowing so it's like i said it, it's it's very um it's very cringe to see this one it's very cringe i would like to I share with you, I don't know, there's a little bit of cursing in it, but um, I think it's really powerful. Um, it's a, just a very powerful image. Uh, but give me one second, Mexicano, if you wanna come up, you have to, I have to know who I'm talking to. This is not a show for trolling, this is for information, news and finances. So if you wanna come up, I have to, I have to see who I'm talking to, okay? So continue all of work. 
There's um I just um shared the link in the private chat. Oh, let me, I, uh, let it's me just share. it just shows the power um that Mexican people have. I think indigenous people all around the world, that's every every um indigenous group. Like we have power in our numbers, in our um in our intelligence and um versatility. Yeah. And we just have to capitalize on that. Let me let me share it and let's see. <clears throat> let's see what you're talking about. Essentially, they they fired two um, people that were working there. They fired them unfairly. So then the entire company got shut down. All of the Mexican workers left. This is this is the stuff. Hold on. This is the stuff that we're talking about. Like it's it's the concept of like uniting on these things that creates the weight necessary to like sway people's uh empower decision you know like if we don't if we don't start acting as a collective in like small pockets like mexicans fighting for mexicans independence and their manufacturing and their workers and their commerce and Puerto Ricans doing the same for their freedom, for their companies, for, for their monopolies, and come up with companies and literally start becoming the entrepreneurs that actually take care of its people, like their own people, we're going to always be put in this kind of positions. You know, because- Seen as labor, seen as labor instead of- Yeah, we, we're considered the servitude, you know? And, and as much as, I don't like the saying. I know that 90% of us is not going to make it. You know, unfortunately, it's like I said, it, it's something that I would love to see an uprising in business and entrepreneurship where we can become those companies that will take care of our people. And it all starts here. We are, we have to take advantage of the reason why we were brought here or we came here or we moved here or migrate here. So, and I think that we can't, we can't fall victim to the narrative. Like in order for white supremacy to exist, it takes all of us. We have to be on board with the plan. If we reject that, white supremacy would not exist. It, it, would, it would have to fall. It needs... To have a, a few select people that can be can make a little bit of money, for example, right? That that will sell their soul. White supremacy yeah. needs that. If it doesn't have that, then it, it's like if a fire does not have oxygen, it will yeah. die out. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's like I said. For example, let's say that uh, I want to become the next Luma or take care of the power grid in Puerto Rico. Why did I not became the why we don't have Puerto Ricans becoming these companies and then going and getting these contracts themselves so that we can have more control over what happens in our people's destiny. That is something that we need to start doing this stuff intentionally. 
-hmm. you know, no more like complaining because that doesn't get us anywhere, which is what brings me to what I started doing here with this um, YouTube channel because I came across some information while I was learning this myself because I don't consider myself like very, you know, into corporate literacy, but I decided last year to become more knowledgeable about how the economy works, how everything functions. And I started reading a lot, researching a lot. And that's how I started understanding what was going on with this backdoor deals, with what the government is actually doing in our countries and how do they benefit from our misery. So I came across something that was very hard to watch and very sad. And I want to motivate other Latinos like myself to feel empowered and start owning our own stuff and creating stuff and not waiting for people to give us this stuff. And it brings me to one of the topics that I want to bring about Latinos here in the U.S., which is why Latinos... Uh, do not get attracted to major in business. I'm going to share with you guys an article that I came across. And that article is, says business major fails to attract Latino students. And it says the COVID-19 pandemic exposed the inequity of the U.S. economy towards minority, racial, and ethnic groups. Research shows that successful entrepreneurship can help reduce the racial wealth disparity, especially for the Latino community. For example, Latino business owners are more likely to hire people within their communities. This results in helping lower unemployment among Latinos and increasing the purchasing power of Latino neighborhoods. Basically, what it's saying is that the road to uh, community wealth and generational wealth is entrepreneurship. Like, you can't expect to become rich. You can't expect to live a sustainable life off of just being an employee because that will require you to work till you're like 65, 67 years old. And then if Social Security remains alive, then you can live off of Social Security. But if you don't even know how to spend your money or you have a bad investment or you get sick, then you're looking at working the rest of your life. Well, so... Um Go ahead. I have a, my, I actually have a degree in business. That's my major. So, oh, that's um, nice. yes, but the, the thing that it exposed, so COVID exposed me to something, right? I realized that I put all my eggs in one basket because while I have a degree in business, because my ultimate goal is to have my own business in, in the, um, like I want to have like a restaurant, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm a chef, right? So okay. my passion is cooking. And, and you turn um, it into something profitable. Yes, but it, it it showed me something. You have to be versatile. If I didn't have the degree in business, I would be, I don't even know what I would be doing right now. Because yeah. I can take this degree and I can use it towards other things while there's COVID. Because, you know, the restaurant industry was hit very hard. And what does that mean? That means the Latino community was hit very hard because that is who's cooking in these restaurants, right? And and not only that, like if you think about it, the Latino community was one of the communities, if not the community, 
that was exposed to COVID-19 the most mm -hmm. in many regions. Why? Because we were the essential workers. We were the grocery store workers, the farmers that put food on our tables. We were the cleaners, the waiters, everything that's related to service. You're going to see a lot of Latinos in there because we were not brought into this country with the the entrepreneur mentality the owner mentality the leader mentality and we had to break out of that cosmic egg and start researching things because we can be the ceos and we can be the business owners and it doesn't have to be necessarily the cliche stuff that we do all the time we don't have to be a gardening service we don't have to be a cleaning lady we don't have to be these things we're more intelligent than that we have mm -hmm. like a lot of potential so you know even though we're not gonna have the 18 percent of us uh acting like that as a community because not everybody has the capacity to be an entrepreneur at least we need to elevate that 4% that we have only in uh, corporate America. If we're 18% of the population, at least we need to show up 13, 14% of executives in the board of directors in corporations in America. And we often get intimidated and do not pursue these positions because we either don't have the education for it or we have low self-esteem. And, and I think a lot of it is also this. assimilation. Like, for, for example, my father, um, he, he really can't speak English very well. He can't read and write in English. Um, he can read and write in Spanish. But for him, that was like a big, um, that was a, a setback for him. He was still able to make a, a good amount of money because he's a hard worker, right? But um, it, it puts you at a disadvantage when you come to America, you're already having to learn the language, having to assimilate. A lot of people, especially when they're second generation, you know, yeah. a lot of people, like my parents, they kind of taught us to kind of distance ourselves away from our culture because you kind of want to um, assimilate into the mainstream white America, right? Yeah. So a lot of times when people that are um, CEOs, you know, even though they're Latino or Hispanic or whatever, a lot of times they distance themselves uh, from their culture and their people because you know it's not acceptable it's a little bit harder you don't want to be seen as other so i think that i like that there's a push to sort of like go back to cultural things to your yeah. identity because your identity is beautiful and and they're saying basically there's a lot of people that are saying Oh, like, you know, it's because uh, they don't understand our culture. And let me, okay, I have a, a split opinion on this stuff. Yes, they don't understand our culture. They don't address us uh, like we're used to. However, we have to understand in America, we're not the winners here. We're not the top. We're not the number one. We're the number one in our countries. And as much as we come here with that cocky mentality, we have to simmer down that a little bit and understand we have to start from the entry level jobs. We have to work and grind really hard. And we, 
America doesn't have to adapt to Latinos. Latinos have to adapt to America. In order like to as, as horrible as that sounds, while we're here, we have to adapt to America. Why? Because we don't represent even 50% of the population. We're only 18%. So we don't have a significant number to actually make demands. And until that happens, unfortunately, we have to adapt if we are to move forward which is why I think we're not moving forward because first we have fear, we want to adapt America to us and that hinders our process of moving forward. I can agree so, with that. That's a very good point. Yeah, I, I have a video. That's another thing I wanted to share. Uh, I have a video of uh, CEOs explaining this. Give me one second and I will find it for you. They're explaining how likely it is for Latinos to join the corporate, joining corporate America. Give me one second. So I'm going to play for you guys. I don't hear sound. I don't know if there should be sound. Can you hear it now? No, it's not playing for for me. I don't know if anyone else can. Can you guys hear it on the chat? Let me know if you can hear it. If not, I'll rewind it. I'm gonna stop it. I'm gonna pause it and I'll bring it to you real quick so that you guys can hear it properly. Hold on. <clears throat> so. Okay. Let me see. Can you guys hear it now? I can't hear it. You cannot or you can't? No, cannot. You cannot? No. Well. Oh, Someone was saying that you have to, um, when you share your screen, you have to check the box to share audio as well. It's not showing me the audio. I will have to look into this. Um, I will I will bring it up later while I check this to so you guys can see it. But basically, what these uh, CEOs are saying is that they're seeing like very not likely that Latinos will get the job because first there's a lack of preparation on our end and second because 
there's not enough enough people applying for these jobs. So that brings, unfortunately, um, this disparity that we're seeing with only 4% of us being in the executive positions in corporate America. And the same thing happened in Google. Like, I don't know if you guys have researched uh, how many of us are working in Google. Google doesn't have, at least till last year, they did not have not a single Latino in the board of directors. They only had 3% and it was either inter-level positions or some managerial positions, but not on the board of directors. And basically, if you don't have nobody in the board that can start pulling up other Latinos to positions of more power and hire other people, how are we supposed to create this workforce that can inject the money into our communities? That is something that we need to start doing right now if we are to solve the problems that we're seeing today with like poverty. We're like, literally, if you compare our poverty levels uh, to the nation as a whole, we are one of the poorest uh, communities. There's also, guys, go ahead. There's also a thing where a lot of people, a lot of, um, a lot of people are undocumented, right? But we're still paying into social security, like enriching the country as a whole, paying, yeah. paying taxes, paying into social security and getting none of the benefit, right? So yeah. I think a big push because my, like I, I was talking about my, my father, for example, he just recently got his citizenship and he was in this country for years, you know? Yeah. Just recently and, and got that. There has to be a push to, to, to push for, for, um, citizenship that has to be a big thing because that's something that i wanted to start uh something that i would like to talk to other latinos about and i would love for them would love for them to come to my channel and discuss it why we don't start uh requiring or at least addressing our government officials to create a fund where if our fellow latinos want to come here and what needs for them, what it needs to be done for their citizenship process to start is money. We can create a fund among other Latinos that are here mm -hmm. and start paying for their citizenship so that they don't continue to inject money that they have worked hard for into the pipeline of benefits for the country, but they're not getting any benefit. Taxation without representation. Yeah, for sure. Look at, uh, for example, the executives versus the rest of the labor force. Uh, out of the 18% that Latinos uh, represent for the country, right? And 17% of them are in the workforce. And only of those 17%, 4.3% are in executives positions in corporate America. Uh, and African-Americans are 13% of the population, 13% of them are in the workforce, and 3.2% of them are in corporate America. And Asians, it's 6% of their population are in the workforce, 5.9 are in corporate America. So only 0.01% are not in corporate America. I mean, 0.1%. That's, that's actually very narrow. Impressive. It's very narrow. They have almost their whole community 
in corporate America. You know what's interesting is um, Asian people, they were getting the same sort of treatment maybe 100 years ago or 60 years ago, something like that. Like, well, see, so the, the civil rights movement, it helped everyone, right? But Asians especially were getting treated very, very poorly in at like the, the, the turn of the 19th century, no, the 20th century, the turn of the 20th century. Like there were laws that prevent them from being able to come to America. People wonder why there's so many like Chinese restaurants and things like that. Well, that goes to um, a law that was created that they couldn't migrate here or immigrate here unless they were merchants, right? So that's that was like a way to be able to immigrate. Not only that, like if you look at their economy right now, uh, it goes back to what we were talking about the manufacturing in Mexico. Uh, mm -hmm. Chinese, uh, the Chinese have like a huge chunk of the manufacturer because their prices are competitive. The only uh, government that is doing some competition with them is South Korea. South Korea right now, even though their prices in manufacturing are similar when you're going to establish a business and you want to buy merchandise from them, Korea offers another benefit, which is shipping without tax taxation. Mm -hmm. So they don't tax you for their goods so that you choose and manufacture with them. So let's say you want to start a business. Now it's going to be the competition of Adidas or you're going to start your own sneaker um company and you're deciding between a chinese manufacturer mm -hmm. or a south korean one the south korean one might be a little bit cheaper to you because they will not tax you for the goods that they will ship to you mm -hmm. so those are things that we need to start you know looking into so that we can learn and implement here and like literally it would save you a lot of money mm -hmm. that you can put into other things in your business like marketing, because that's another thing that impacts Latino businesses is the fact that, okay, we start like a small taco restaurant or let's say like a painting or window repairing business, but we don't promote it well. And also um, you, um, a lot of times people don't promote to non-Spanish speaking customers because maybe there's like a language barrier. So then they're insecure or they maybe don't have the ability to communicate as well with an English speaking person. So it's kind of like you focus your business on just your community instead of focusing the business on everyone. Everyone can be a customer, right? Yeah. Everyone can be a customer. I want money from all of all of the, the, the market. So I think that that's another part of it as well is not just only, only marketing to people like, that are like you. Because that, that's something that Asians, I think, do as well. Asians are very good at opening up shop in, in neighborhoods. Like, they don't even speak the language. A lot of times they don't even speak English at all. And they can still go there and they can sell you something. Yeah, but they, but they also look at what Morena said. And thank you, Godzilla. I wish you could have come here and, like, discuss the uh citizenship topic with us because i'm not really that familiar with it because you know puerto rico we're uh, uh basically a colony a territory or a commonwealth so we don't have to go through the process of citizenship and i would like to hear more from dominicans or mexicans or central americans in this topic but if you think about it look at what morena said and it's true i've seen it many times it's just word of mouth 
or local station promotions. We're not trying to get into the marketing. We're not hiring or putting in our business plans, a marketing budget and like aiming for it, like hire a marketing agency or try to put your business in many places as you can. And that's why many of these businesses either are locally, uh, local only, they never branch out. And eventually in three to five years, they do not grow as they should if they would have put in a little more effort into uh, expanding their business. So it's well, something example, that we have to look, overcome. If you look at, um, there's so many different cultures that have profited off of Latinos and Hispanic people, like Chipotle. I don't even know who owns Chipotle, right? I, I believe it's McDonald's now. That it's, it's like generic food, right? But yeah. they were able to take like the basic flavors and, and market it to the world or the country and make money off of it when yeah. there's so many restaurants that are better than them. You know, yeah, it, it, it's insane because they're not, I don't, they're not even owned by Mexican people right now, but they sell you Mexican food. Exactly. Wouldn't it be better to have Mexicans creating their own food, creating a franchise and then selling the franchise to other people so that it can be spread all around. Now that plan will require uh not a lot of funding because you just need literally to start one but it will require uh the right marketing tools so that you can get people that want to have their own business but they don't have a proper idea to buy your franchise exactly and the path to success will always be invest your savings in the stock generate wealth and start a business and then from that business and the earnings invent, invest in real estate, which is why McDonald's Corporation is so rich. They're not rich for burgers and fries. What they make a business of is real right. estate. Mm -hmm. Is real estate. If you want to uh, own or like have a McDonald's, they will rent you one of their spaces that they have. Depending on the location, it's one million a year or two millions a year, but it's the real estate what you're getting. The rest you're buying depending on what you sell. Now, it's like I said, these are things that I would love to start discussing with other fellow Latinos and we can start doing so that we can have capital enough to start doing more stuff for our people and employing our people. Uh, Sundown asked, uh, <laughs> Does Chipotle even cook their rice? They feel like rocks. I think that's so uh, done in such like large numbers, like en masse, that I work at Taco Bell when I was younger and in college. And the way they used to do it is like, you put hot water and like a little bit of oil and it comes in like a little packet with the seasoning and you leave it there simmering and it will grow. But it, it was kind of gross. So I assume uh, Chipotle does the same thing. Well, they have to make it so simple so that anyone can do it, you know? So it's, yeah. I'm assuming their food is probably like, it comes in like bags and then they just like steam it, but it's like yeah. in like plastic bags because um, in order to get like a uniform taste. And that's another thing, most, most Mexican restaurants are gonna have someone that knows how to cook really good. So yeah, that might be a big problem, like with making it. Nothing, nothing beats authentic. 
that is for sure. It's like I said, nothing beats authentic. And and we have to look if Taco Bell could make it and Chipotle, you count. You just have to look at the at the market, create a business plan and sell something in within that market that nobody else is doing. Either bring your prices in between them both or offer fine dining with Mexican uh, authentic food or Puerto Rican authentic food. Like I have yet to be like a fine dining uh, Puerto Rican restaurant in LA. I've yet to find that. That's an example of something that can be done. And there's many, many things we can use our culture to actually benefit our community from that. But we let other people do it. And like so, you were saying, well, we, we can also get away from just stereotypical things. Like everyone loves the food, right? But there's also, like you said, there's, you know, you have a business mind. You, um, you and also Radical Latino, like mm -hmm. um, you guys are good with like um, communication and, and, and um, graphics, for example. Like there's other ways to capitalize off of our talents. It doesn't have to just be like cleaning and food and construction so i agree with you yeah yeah definitely i i i'm still learning this is my first stream so bear with me if something is not completely right i'll get it right i promise but um yeah and and like i said i'm inviting everybody and like I said, I'm I'm not uh, trying to diss on our people. Contrary to popular belief, believe is the fact that we have done the same thing for so long. All aboard! Like it's it's getting tiring. We have to do something. We have to be able to take the risk. There's no guarantees in life. We have to stop being scared. We have to stop being the servitude. Every time I see my fellow Latinos being the servitude, I have mad respect for them because I've been in that position myself. Mm -hmm. I came to this country with $500, but there's a point where you have to start thinking about, hey, am I going to retire doing this shit? Am I going to retire doing something more? Am I going to leave something for my kids and I have to go through this? We have to start doing things more intentionally, not just surviving. You know, there's people, there's a lot of- pride. There's pride in working hard and that's beautiful. But we don't. You don't have to break your back. Like no one else is really doing that. Honestly, you no, don't. Have to I mean, if you're gonna do it, because don't get me wrong, starting your own business is hard work. It's hustle. It will survive if you grind. If you think that you're just gonna take vacations and that's gonna be your your piggy bank and you're gonna do a lot of stuff, then you're not ready for this. If you start your business because you can't wait to quit your job, you're not the right person to have a, uh, uh, to be an entrepreneur, to have a business. Let me tell you that right off the bat. If you're doing this because you're tired of clocking in your nine to five work, you're not the right person to have a business. So you have to want to have to do this because you love to grind, you love to work hard, you love to hustle, you're willing, you're ready for people to, as long as you walk, like as soon as you walk out the door of your business, are you ready for people that you're paying to do a job to not do the job that you're paying them to do? Because that's what's going to happen and you have to be ready to, on how to address it. Are you ready to be stolen from? 
Are you ready to have losses? Are you ready to have to fire somebody? Are you ready to hire the right people? These are things that you have to ask yourself before you even think about quitting your job. If you are not ready for that, do not quit. You're getting me motivated. Like, I feel like this is an Everest commercial. Like That's the whole purpose of this. <laughs> you're sitting on the couch. You're not doing nothing with yourself. Are you ready to work? Like, no, yeah. but the thing is, you have to, you, we do this for everyone else, right? Yeah. It's time to do it for yourself. If you're ready, like you said, if not, you're just wasting your money. Right? Yeah, for sure. If you're ready, you have to be ready to work 18, 20 hours a day. Because you're doing it for yourself and your family instead yeah. of doing it for someone else's family. You're making sure. other people rich. Their children are going to college. Their families are being able to buy a car for their children and all of those nice little luxuries. They're, we're, we're, we're putting the money in their pocket. When we're really the, 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 they wouldn't be able to survive without the labor. They wouldn't be able to survive. For example, a lot of um, businesses, it's the Latinos that are the ones opening the business up. Yeah, we let me get let me don't get me wrong. Latinos open the most small businesses. Now, what we don't see is growth. Growth. We don't see growth, and we don't see them in corporate positions. Now, why we don't see growth because of mismanagement or poor expectations on our businesses and poor marketing. That's it. We don't know how to manage our stuff properly so that it can be profitable and grow. Or being happy with just having enough to be comfortable. Like, yeah, that's another thing because um, you don't get to be Jeff Bezos or Bezos, however you say his name. If you um, if you want to be comfortable, like he is a savage, he yeah of course he's he's gonna he's gonna like make a rock bleed bleed money like he's gonna take all of the money and I think that a lot of times in indigenous communities a lot of times we don't um, we we're, we're we're comfortable yeah comfortable and when you're comfortable you can't really help other people comfortable yeah. doesn't lead to being able to open up a school for example. Or, you know, like take care of your your family outside of your immediate family. So I think that's yeah, a good for sure, for sure, for sure. Chi Chi, uh, are you here to troll or you're here to share something? I'm gonna add you. If you're here to troll, I'll remove you. If you're here to contribute to the conversation so that we can move forward in our community, you're welcome to come. Wait. Um, Hi, Chi I... How are you? Good. Do I? Give off troll vibes or what? Come again? <laughs> Do I give off troll vibes? Like why? Well, you I don't I'm know you, so I don't. No, I don't know you. I had somebody that wanted to troll before, so I have to ask you. Okay. So well, now, what I'm do you have to, to? Yeah. What's the topic? I just came in like. The topic is why can't us as a community of Latinos do? to occupy more than 4% of corporate executive positions and also to become entrepreneurs. What's your opinion on that topic? Well, let me let me ask this. Out of those 4%, um, which Latinos are it, like, specifically? Like, is it, like, which Latinos is it? It doesn't 4%? show that, it doesn't show that data. What it shows is that in San Jose, in Pittsburgh, New York and Miami are the uh, 
shortest concentrations of Latinos. The highest percentage of Latinos working in corporate are in Miami, I'm sorry. They're in Miami and Pittsburgh. And was, in New York and California was, are the lowest. I was going to say, the thing about Miami is you have a lot of... Um, it's because I, I of Telemundo. I no, believe it's because of Telemundo. No, it's not because of that. Well, it, it is part of that, but also you, you have a lot of upper class Cubans and Venezuelans that flee their economic issues and they go to um, Miami, right? You don't really mm -hmm. see that phenomenon in other places. You know what I'm saying? Out here in the Southwest, the Mexicans that come to the Southwest, they're, they're of the more rural, lower class, you know? You don't mm -hmm. see much upper class Mexicans come to the Southwest and get into business like the Hispanics do in Miami, right? So yeah. it's, there's a reason why Miami, you know, is big in that. So, but I was yeah. gonna say, I was gonna say, me personally, okay, why, why do you think that we should establish businesses and a and an economic presence in America? And not we just, have to, we have why? to, because because if you think about it, we're the least enrolled in college the least graduated from college and it's not because we don't have the capacity i believe coming from the countries we come from we have to develop skills that american people don't have because this is a first world country so we have the capacity and the potential to be great but we don't have the financial tools to do so so the only thing that will give us the financial tools to move forward, put our kids through college, put them in the best schools and becoming co uh, having corporate literacy is by owning businesses and pushing ourselves to occupy those corporate positions that we're not doing today. While you have a different... Uh, you already see that, honestly. I mean, not, not a lot. But the numbers don't, don't say that. Numbers say we only occupy four. Well, no, but um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I mean, why live? Because I'm in South Texas, and out here everything's Mexican owned. You know, everything from even the mayors, the sheriffs, the the malls. You know what I'm but saying? But those are but, not um, the sheriff. The sheriff and the yeah, malls know, are not are not necessarily owned by us. We I have know, stores but, but, in. Yeah, I know. I know. But they don't. But they don't grow. Like for example, we we don't. We're not the owners of Macy's, yeah, but no, we I can know. be. We have the capacity. Do you agree that we have the capacity to be better than Macy's? Um, honestly, man, we do. The thing about me is, when when you do that, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you're you're trying to be American, and I don't think other Hispanics should try to be American. You know what I'm saying? Like we should be our own thing. You know, like we should um get money and you know um build houses back in latin america now the southwest is a bit different because southwest has always been kind of hispanic you know what i'm saying but like i don't want to see hispanics in places like new york you know what i'm saying like or, but they're or, or they're already hispanics in new york what do you I know, mean i don't want to see that though like it's just like new york's like it's not a good place for us you know like jew like don't go to Drew York, man. Like Drew York is is it's a dynamic city. It's very dynamic out there. But like, why do you think? Uh, how do you suggest then, if you don't want Latinos to move forward in corporate America and create generational? Okay, then what's your Did you watch the stream from the beginning? Did you watch no, the stream from the? 
Okay, at no, the beginning, okay, at the beginning, I uh, showed the the in the stream how the Mexican government is eliminating outsourcing in Mexico today and how Luma Energy is taking over the power grid in Puerto Rico. So these companies per se have the power because they had the corporate literacy to actually overpower our people in our countries. So right now, Mexico is at risk of putting 23 million families at risk of not having food on their table because even though the outsourcing and manufacturing uh, laws that the government is imposing are positive, they're only giving companies 90 days to implement. And I'm pretty sure that the route they're going to take is to fire all these people or at least yeah. half of them. So, so uh, what do you propose to fix that problem if it's not so, corporate yeah. literacy and making generational wealth to help our people? Yeah, What's yeah, your so solution gonna, then? Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. And like, I like I, I really like, honestly, I have like no idea what you just said because I'm not really educated on this subject. So I'm, I, I'm just going to take myself out the conversation if that's cool. And maybe I'll read some more and jump on. A, okay, uh, no problem. Thanks for stopping by. So that, that was a moment for growth. I, I'm, I'm actually impressed with him tonight. He didn't try yeah, yeah. trying to learn something. That's nice. And that's that's what this whole thing is about. I'm not here to diss people, even though many have dissed me in the past, because I cannot stop and bark at every. Uh, I cannot throw stones at every dog that barks at me, right? Because I'm not going to continue moving forward. So that's why I said we're not. I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me. People can disagree with me in whatever they want. And I love the fact that we're disagreeing and we have different opinions, but you have to come with a solution, an alternate solution other than the one I'm presenting. Because if not, can then the problem remains. Can you repeat again um, the topic so that maybe he, if he's still listening, he can know what you were, what you were talking about? Yeah, the 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 um, show today basically is how do we become uh, corporate uh, in corporate literacy? How we become knowledgeable on that, and how do we move forward to help our countries here and in Latin America? So basically, I have black woman lover. I don't know. I don't. That sounds like a troll. Uh, what black woman lover, you have to uh, come up. If I can't see you, I'm not gonna uh, get trolls in here. This is a serious topic and it's important because our countries will suffer if we don't continue this path. So if not, get off the panel. Guillermo Escobar, same to you. Come up or I can't let you in. So like I said, back to what I was saying, it's it's really crazy that we see all of these situations happening and we have so many of our people uh, not knowing. Uh, Chichi was an example. I, I believe he does have the best intentions for our people, for our community, but we have to teach people like Chichi that we cannot just remain Hispanos in America. We have to integrate into Americana to succeed. 
our survival depends on it. We can no longer continue to be I, like, oh, I'm going to be like a, a mini subculture here. Continue all aboard. I think that he would be actually a perfect candidate because he, um, he is, um, he, I'm not going to talk about the things that were said on the other stream. That's a different channel. But I think that he has potential because he does want to see his people do well. Me too, and, me too. Because he talked about his culture and I, I take that seriously. Mm -hmm. you know? Now, Inquisitor, I see that you join us tonight. You're going to mute yourself. How are you? Que hay, bien, bien. Felicidades en tu debut. Gracias, corazón. ¿Cómo está? Aquí, aquí, chilling, en casa, tú sabes. Este, now, you know, I saw... Uh, you're doing it in English, right? Or yeah, I'm doing it in English. You, okay. can, you can speak on both, but mostly in English so that the people that don't speak Spanish can understand us in the in the panel, in the chat, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I had, uh, you know, I saw you, um, you know, posted uh, doing your first video and and I, I jumped in the chat. People were telling me to join. And I said, why not, you know, to support este, una compatriota, you know. Thank you. I, I thank you for the support. I want to ask you something real quick before you continue with your opinion on the subject. Do you know Guillermo Escobar? He said he just recorded with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You el do? Sí, sí, okay. el tipo brega bien. Es limpio, okay. no hay sin malas palabras ni nada de eso. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, can, uh -huh. yep. Gracias, gracias, gracias. De nada, de nada, mi hermano. Uh -huh. So what's your opinion on the topic, Inquisitor? You're gonna have to forgive me. I I saw you were streaming. I jumped in, and we literally I, just finished now. Sorry, really? guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the topic basically was uh, about how do we become more corporate savvy, and how do we help our countries and also our community here to move forward in the corporate ladder and also in entrepreneurship. And I showed how the Mexican government right now, it's eliminating outsourcing the way it is and how Luma Energy is taking over in Puerto Rico from uh, Autoridad de Energía Eléctrica with an illegal contract. So what are your opinions on this topic? Wow. Uh, I think I'm a, a little bit in <laughs> over my head, to be quite honest with you. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. As far as the corporate world, I'm a blue-collar worker. I don't know much about the corporate <laughs> world. Uh, I could, I, I could, I could say a couple of things Go ahead. Re related to the, you know, to economics. And you know, the first one is going to be a no-brainer, right? You have to, you have to, to. You know, in other words, when you get when you get paid, you got you have to really save, right? Like a lot of people live way past their means, and I think you should uh, be as frugal as possible. You know, uh, uh, and then the other one that I think might be the most valuable one is that I think people need to get out of U.S. dollars um, and all uh, fiat currencies and actually buy real assets. Uh, whether it's, you know, silver, gold, land, copper, uh, commodities, basically. And I think at the other side of the Great Reset, as they call it, anybody who did that is going to gonna do uh, well. Um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my opener right there. Just that's good. What the, What are your thoughts on uh, investing in the stock market? Like, are you familiar with that, or you're not familiar with it? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I th yeah, so I think the stock market is in a huge bubble, huge. Like, forget about it, because. The, mo the money has nowhere to go, right? They do mm -hmm. all this quantitative easing and they print all these, uh, you know, billions of dollars. And when they do that, you have to realize that they're stealing from everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, to give you an example, right? Let's say there's $2 in circulation, right? You have one, Denise, and I have the other one, right? Yeah. So you own 50% of the wealth and I own the other 50%, right? Yeah. So along comes the, the Federal Reserve and decides that it's going to print an additional dollar out of thin air. Yeah. So now we have $3. Now, all of a sudden, we only have 33% of the wealth. You see? We used to have 50. Now we only have 33%. Because yeah, the everything, federal... everything uh, turns more expensive around you when, you know, we print more money because, of course, the dollar value plummets. Exactly, exactly. So so who benefits from that? The people who benefit from that is, well, who's going to get that dollar the Federal Reserve printed, right? Because we've just been robbed. We no longer have 50% of the wealth. Now we have 33% of the wealth. Well, but who if you think about it, they printed stimulus checks. People gave mm -hmm. them away to Walmart, Target, Amazon. You know, we could have retained that money and invested towards the stock market, at least in the SP 500, which is... I believe, in my opinion, that's the best route to go because if you think about it, when you invest, let's say tomorrow the SP500 basically is the 500 top companies in America that you're investing equally in the 500 companies. So if you put like $500, you're going to invest $1 in every top uh, of the 500 American companies in the stock market. So that's a long-term investment that will help you in your retirement. Like, let's say, because he has a 10% return. And if we're being more, um, you know, conservative, it's a 6% return. It's still good. If you invest, uh, let's say, I don't know, $1,000 per year or $2,000 per year, you can retire with a decent amount of money and you will not depend on Social Security. I just feel that many people are thinking about short-term investment in the stock market and that necessarily is not like the best route. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. And uh, again, personally, I, th I think that the S&P 500 and a lot of these stocks, you know, uh, whether it's like Amazon, Apple, Tesla, I think these stocks are in huge bubbles personally. They're meme stocks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you actually would do better to study companies, look at their balance sheets, um, and actually pick, uh, you know, make your, own, make your own ETF or your own mutual fund where you pick companies that you like and invest in them individually rather than just betting on the entire S&P 500. And what I would personally, well, I, I don't think I could legally recommend, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we have a disclaimer. I don't know if people have yeah. noticed, I put a disclaimer, you know, uh, this is just our personal opinions and not necessarily because Inquisitor has his opinion, you have to go ahead and do it. And if you do it and it pays off, good for you. If you do it and it doesn't pay off, well, at least you try <laughs> continue.
Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'm basically looking at, uh, well, I mean, I, I've done it already, right? And I'm already kind of all in, but I've invested in, in silver miners that I like that have good silver on the ground because I kind of see it, I kind of see it like a, like, like a call on silver that doesn't expire. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, options and calls and puts and, and derivatives like that, but I think silver miners, uh, you know, like Pan American Silver, I'm invested in that one. Okay. Um, I also like uh, Wheat and Precious Metals. They have a little bit of a different business model because they do like royalties and streams. So they basically give miners upfront money okay. for uh, gold and silver at a later date. And what's the return? Uh, like, what's the return you're seeing on that? Like, what percentage of return are you seeing investing in metals and like gold, silver, and stuff like that? Well, uh, I'm personally still waiting for the big move when it okay. goes parabolic. So I think, you know, I, I think I'm up like 10% on some of them down on others, but I think when the reset is done, I, you know, I hope that I could at least, uh, get five to 10 times my return okay. on those. I also like uranium. I like uranium companies because of the whole clean energy craze that's going on. I think uh, uranium is going to win at the end of the day. Uh, you know, nuclear energy is clean, of course. Yeah. You know, you have the Fukushima and and all the tree huggers that don't like nuclear energy. But at the end of the day, if you want to keep the lights on and keep things clean, I think uranium's a really good um, good option. So for like uranium, I like um, um, energy fuels. Energy fuels that the symbols you for use you 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 I like that one. Um, I also like um, Encore Energy because it's mm -hmm. mostly uranium, but also some gold as well. Uh, besides that, I also like copper. I think copper is going to do copper well. Copper had a boom, in, at least in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you remember, there were years where copper was nowhere to be found. And people, like copper, there was a shortage of copper, and people started stealing it and selling it for, like, a lot of money. Yes, yes. Copper and went through the roof in the mid-2000s. Well, I even remember back when I was living in the island in, in the 90s that um, – you know, the, the, the lights were out on the highway, and it's because some tecato came in. He, like, take, he would take the <laughs> copper from the streetlight, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. They will steal your they pipes and everything. <laughs> they, they take yeah. the, uh, copper from the um, air, air conditioning units. They'll yeah. steal from churches, anywhere. Like, copper is still in high demand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, I think with the electrical vehicle uh, movement that's going on too, we're going to see a big demand in, in copper as well. So, so yeah, that, that that's kind of like my summary, you know, uh, well, commodities. When, um, what do you think about um, investment companies like Acorn and like um, companies where they pretty much market to YouTubers or YouTube consumers? And they um, they um, pretty much invest your money for you, like you. What do you think about that? I would stay away from those. Yeah, you really. Yeah. Should. <laughs> 
I, I would stay away from them uh, just because really you're the best person to invest your own money. And once you give it to somebody to invest it for you, it could go well for you. It could, but you're already at a disadvantage, right? Because you're giving somebody else like your, your gunpowder. Uh, for and them you to probably won't know them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For them to deploy. And I think, and I think we, we're kind of seeing, we're kind of seeing this with the retail investor, right? Yeah. Like, like everybody's downloading, um, you know, the Robinhood app, and all of a sudden everybody is now going Robin to Gecko. Robinhood scares me, by the way. Why does it scare you? I don't know. It's just like after seeing what happened with GameStop, I'm like, I don't. There's something about the amount of power somebody can have over your own investments that kind of scared me to like bet through them on the on the stock market. It's well, so weird. Here's what I would say in response to that is. Unfortunately, you know, the people that own most of the stocks in America, they can tell, you know, apps like Robinhood, like, hey, if if these people, for example, like on Reddit, find a really good like loophole uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like being able to make a lot of money short term, you know, they'll be able to just stop all the transactions. So I think if you're going to be utilizing sort of like portfolio apps like Robinhood or other ones that are, you know, basically do the exact same thing. I personally would recommend, especially if you're young like me, you know, I'm like 25. I think you should every month try to realistically budget, you know, a modest amount and one that isn't too much out of your paycheck. Yeah. And you should just, you know, even if it's just 50 to hundred dollars each month, you should just kind Invest. of play with the market. You know, you really understand how it works, make some, you know, make some choices and, and see how it kind of plays out for like a year or two. And I would say the same with like cryptocurrency as well. Like, you should really just be kind of watching how everything works and not going crazy with it the second you jump in. I think once you have a few years of experience under your belt with these portfolios, you're going to be able to, you know, finally get how these patterns work in the market. And then you're going to actually be able to make smart investments and do things, for example, like, you know, whenever there's a big crash, you don't freak out and sell all your stocks. Instead, you buy a bunch, you know, you buy the dip whenever and, and buy the dip with companies that are going to yeah. easily rise up again. Like, for example, like uh, last year with COVID, um, when, when COVID hit and the stock market crashed, I bought the dip. Like, I bought a ton of stocks. <laughs> I and then guess what? And guess what? Trump <laughs> just bailed them out. And then, like, it went all right back up again. It was just free money for me. You know? Yeah. Long term, the long term investment is better. Or do you, do you think that it varies? Like, a long term investment versus a short term? I mean, obviously, I think long term is the most important. And but I mean, at the same time, you should be able to find quick short term investments that are going to get you a lot of money as well. I mean, I don't think it has to be either or you can make really educated decisions for both, in my opinion, and kind of diversify it. Like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, for sure. And and, and another thing that I will like before Real Deal goes uh I I would like to, and that's something that I want to do, is invest in real estate. Because even if you don't, let's say, for example, you purchase a property and you're still paying or you're going to rent it out or it's a multifamily and you rent out half of it, that helps you live rent uh, mortgage-free, basically. Uh, eventually, let's say you live your life, you have your kids, you have everything set up. When you downsize and you retire, the equity that you get from selling your real estate and buying something cheaper that you can, you know, adjust your lifestyle to it, like an apartment or like a condo or something smaller than a house or a multifamily property, you can use that for your retirement and live comfortable and not have to depend on Social Security. Uh, real deal. Go. Um, how are you?
Denise, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah you sound good. Okay, when it comes to the aspect of what we were talking about, everybody was saying, uh, I just wanted to double down on the stocks a little bit more closely, like lithium and graphite. Like we got Elon Musk going to threaten to even be able to use you're breaking you're breaking up a little bit you're breaking up a little breaking bit. up yeah a little bit okay so lithium graphite i'm looking forward to when i'm starting stocks charging point you you sound uh, uh real real deal uh you sound like uh a little very bit choppy. Uh, yeah yeah very choppy i don't know if you can see a morena and blood moon like they really want to hear from you because they were asking for you for a long time me too so um uh, if you don't what do you have do you have your phone or mic what do you have again i literally the last five seconds i don't know okay it's my connection are you using a if, phone, real deal? We're doing live tech support, everybody. Yeah, we are. Enjoying yeah. it. Bear, bear with us. I'm literally my iPhone. <laughs> if you want to drop out and then come back in, I'll let you in. Okay, and see if that solves the problem. Real tech support hours. Who up? Everybody? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to integrate everything, right? <laughs> But seriously, uh, Sundown, what do you wish to learn from real estate, from our, pick our brains on what we know? And if we know it, we'll share it with you. But let us know in the comment section if people have questions about what we're talking about, if you want us to um, go deeper into something that we have set. I would uh, say real quickly with real estate, um, if you're handy... Like I would, I would definitely highly suggest, you know, real estate if you can, because if you don't have to hire like a maintenance person to do everything and you're capable of fixing like most stuff, you know, on, on property that you own for like tenants and things like that, like you can make a lot, a lot of money through that. And, and they're not, you know, it reminds me of the scene of Sopranos where, <laughs> uh, Tony tells, uh, AJ, like, you know, buy land AJ, cause God ain't making any more. And it's like, yeah, that's true. You know? Land yeah. is always going to be there and people are always going to need a place to live. And if you can, if you can fix stuff around the house, you're golden. Like you have a reliable source of income, especially if you're very close to a college town, you're going to have yes. all these people coming in um, and, you know, needing places to sleep and you can jack those prices up and make a lot of money. Off and of not only that, if you think about it now with the convenience of Airbnb, Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can turn. You can flip. Look, I was looking at a property with my fiance in Atlanta, close to the airport, and it was like an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment that we wanted to go down there and flip. It was thirty-seven thousand dollars, flip it, and then turn it into an Airbnb or rent it out, and it will literally pay itself. So it's like I said, we have to take these uh, risks but be intentional and very intelligent about them. I think Real Deal is back. Let's see calculated if I can. Risk. It was to make calculated risk. I have a question for you, um, I think, Guillermo. What do you think about um, the topic about bringing people, like, so you're gonna make money, right? Are you going to invest it in, in your community or is it gonna be for self gain? What do you think about that? 
So you're asking me like personally, or what do you think I, are you asking like kind of what I suggest for people? So yeah, I want to, yeah. Okay. So personally with the money, you know, that I plan to be making more of in the future, um, I do want to be able to help out the community. You know, I want to be able to, you know, maybe help, you know, buy clothes for people and donate it to a local like Catholic church that has mostly Hispanic parishioners, things like that. And I feel like you have to. And I think something that's important in things that we need to be creating more in the future is we need to be creating more like Hispanic NGOs. And the reason why I say this is because when you have these non-governmental entities, it allows for people in our community to donate to these entities and write it off their taxes. So everybody wins. We need, you know, the system already incentivizes people to set up certain organizations in which, you know, it doesn't have to be a question of, oh, do I want to donate or do I not? It's like, we, we preferably want to set up organizations everywhere where, you know, where we tend to reside, where people can just be like, oh, I would like to just, you know, instead of paying this much on taxes, just donate X amount of money to these, uh, you know, organizations that are actually looking out for people that, you know, are desperately needing help in our communities. And believe me, Hispanics are not these people that don't have any problems of our own. We have a lot of people here all over the United States who need a lot of help. And especially with recent immigrants and, you know, with people that grew up in a lot of these uh, places that are low income. And yeah, I think we need to be creating more of those things and investing time and resources into this sort of stuff instead of just, you know, getting money and then just buying cars that you really shouldn't be and things of that nature. I can go on and on forever. So that does that answer your question on the board? It does, but um, um, just to, well, my, my question is, when you're creating your businesses, and are you doing it for personal, just solely for personal gain? Because charity is one thing, but we're talking sure. about like economic empowerment and like of course, um, you know. So charity is one thing, but I want I wanted to know if you're considering that, like. So I'm not an entrepreneur, but I just because it's just not the sort of milieu that I grew up in. I just I don't think I would be very good at being an entrepreneur. But there's certain people, uh, you know, especially a lot of like Mexicans that I run into, they have a very powerful entrepreneur spirit. And like, yeah, if they're good at it, definitely. I, I definitely recommend that they do that sort of stuff. And, you know, um, I think a lot of people, if they do very well, they they can even uh, use a lot of that money and eventually, you know, like settle down and retire in, you know, back home as well. Like I know my family's actually planning to, uh, once they get old enough, they're going to be retiring in Colombia and they're going to, you know, build a nice home there. So I think, uh, in a lot of ways we should also consider, uh, not just helping our communities here, you know, with money that we make, but also stretching that money into the communities back home because the dollar here at home is worth a lot more, you know, in Latin America than it is in the United States. If that makes any sense, does that help answer it, it what, does make your sense. question? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a quick parenthesis. I'm gonna add Shatstiso because he had some information on corporate Hispanic presence. So go ahead, Shatstiso. How are you? Hola, buenas tardes. Me escuchan? Yeah, sí. we can hear awesome. You. Cool, cool. How you guys doing? Good, and you? Good, good. Thank you. No, Thank I you just, for I, coming. I, I, I heard you guys talking about um. Uh, Mexico's like policies and and kind of like uh, the outsourcing the finance. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you're saying that they're not going to allow outsourcing no more. They're going to allow outsourcing. It's just that it's going to be regulated now, and mm. it's going to require that the corporations that outsource labor in Mexico 
treat the employees instead of independent contractors without mm -hmm. benefits to have benefits and be employees. So oh, like eight hours a day on health care. Huh? Yeah. The thing is like that because the government only put a 90 day uh, time frame for this to mm -hmm. happen. It will be sloppy because a lot of these companies probably don't have the money or don't have the intention to treat. Uh, Mexican employees as employees. Mm -hmm. So 23 million people are at risk of losing their job or we don't know what's going to happen. And to did them. this pass in the Congress? It did. It oh, did. Man. That's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It's insane. Like when I came across those news, I was, it was major cringe for me. I was like, oh my God, we're talking about mm -hmm. 23 million families. Mm. Well, to be honest, this is not really surprising because I, I don't know if you know anything about AMLO the president of mexico yeah i know he's very mediocre though he, yeah he's very <laughs> mediocre i mean he's a mexican politician like what do you it's a politician. a politician and he's a mexican one it's like you know i mean not only mexican look up look at the puerto rican one he literally is funding almost a billion dollars it's like mm. for example let's say you hire me and you tell me hey denise i want you to do my garden my my garden right mm. and i tell you oh you know what i don't have a gardening company but i'm gonna need you to from me five thousand dollars so i can buy all the equipment uh a little truck and then i'll come do your garden that's basically what our governor did with luma energy so mexico mm. and us share the same thing and i think most of latin america share the same corrupt system I mean, yeah, we pretty much share the pretty much the same like history and economic problems like all of our countries, and I and that's a like super complicated topic. I don't think I can get into today, but um, just wanted to talk about like the Mexican government mm -hmm. um, for the last like twenty years or so has been a very what we call neoliberal kind of government, uh, meaning that it's like super kind of like open to business and international corporations and very pro competition and like. And, and different sectors. I'd say Salinas started that, right? Yeah, um, Salinas started that. And if you know Mexico before then, Mexico had like a very nationalist system where okay. very few very few people were able to participate in the economy. It's P under and PRI, at, right? Yeah, yeah, under the PRI. And the revolutionary party, essentially. Uh, and basically, like, the revolutionary ideology was very nationalist. And the only companies that were allowed to operate in Mexico were the state companies, right? Okay. And no, absolutely no foreign corporations were allowed to operate. But, you know, there's always loopholes and there's always corrupt politicians that kind of work around this. Okay. And and then when they when they did the whole like neoliberal thing in the 90s, it's the same thing, right? Like it sounds good that people are allowed to do business and people are allowed to open up businesses and participate in the market, right? You know, you have NAFTA which allowed like everyone to basically trade back and forth with the US and Mexico. And don't get me wrong, this is a great opportunity, but the problem is that when you when you have a when you open up a system like that from like from nothing to a hundred, a lot of the people who are like small businesses won't be able to compete with um like like if AutoZone comes to town and you're a mechanic, yeah. like you're gonna be out of business, you know? Yeah, for if sure. If Walmart comes sure. comes to town, like all the little tienditas are gonna go out of business. They absorb the the mom and pops uh, yeah. uh businesses yeah for sure because mm -hmm. they're unable to compete mm -hmm. and it and puts so many rancheros like out of out of work and me and having to go up north too yeah and then this is what pushed a lot of the people who are working class into the southwest that and um, the cartel violence was, too uh, was on here just a second ago he mentioned like a lot of the people in from mexico are like 
like rural working class people Mm-hmm. which is like totally different from Miami and their experience here in the United States. Yeah, of course. Miami alone, which we were mentioning <laughs> earlier, is the only state in the United States that have more. It has 34% mm-hmm. of Latinos in corporate America. If yeah. Miami was a country on its own, they will have like a high representation of Latinos in corporate America, but it's because of Telemundo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. it's, it's Telemundo, but it's also like a I lot like of companies like about- finance that like operate in latin america and that operate in miami too um Hold it's on, is like radical trying to say of, something huh i thought radical was trying to say something my bad oh go uh, ahead radical how are you radical i'm good um let, let them finish their point my okay. bad my bad sorry radical don't you have a live show right now no, that's somebody else having a live show about me. Because you know I'm popular, so obviously everybody wants to talk You're to you. You're controversial, right? Yeah, that's what it is. So I I let people leave off my name. It's well, oh, you're, you're right. Uh, upon further review, yeah, it's not you. Okay, imitation okay, yeah, is flattery. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. But but it's yeah, South continue. Miami. It's South Florida. It's not just the the majority of Florida is not Miami. So. Like if you go to the to the rest of Florida, um, it's very redneck, very um, racist. Like it's only in concentrated in like the, the southern part of, of Florida. Yeah, that's why I'm not mad that we took over. <laughs> you know? Taking back what's ours. But just to finish what I was gonna say, um, pretty, yeah. so Amlo, right? Amlo was hired because, or Amlo was voted in because so many people felt disenfranchised by this neoliberal system. Okay. So ever since he got into into office, he's basically been doing all the like the 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 neoliberal policies, the the capitalist policies, and doing like a more socialist thing. Okay. The problem that's not is good. That, well, it's it's. I mean, it's good can, for it's good for certain things, but it can also be detrimental to the people. It yeah, depends I mean, who's really it, running the economy. In my it, opinion, it depends like how you look at it, right? Yeah. The problem is that like Mexico already went from an agricultural society. Mm-hmm. to one that's based on manufacturing so today the our generation basically relies on that manufacturing sector so yeah. like just like how nafta was done and it basically yeah. affected everyone now this is going to be done and it's going to affect everyone again but in a totally different way does that make sense yeah so these politicians basically like i would say have way too much power and way too much say over like economic policies that don't mm-hmm. affect them okay and they have yeah. too much like you know so, just so in your opinion do you think that eliminating the outsourcing the way it's known today and forcing this uh companies to actually treat mexicans with the dignity they deserve and as employees do you think that will affect the economy like the popular opinion believes or you think that it will not affect the economy and it will make uh jobs better for many mexican families well, this is the thing, right? Like Amlo, I understand where he's coming from because back in the '80s and the '70s, everyone worked in manufacturing that had eight-hour days, that had um, benefits, retirement, and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But today, people work in jobs like Uber or startup companies or a lot of service sector. Like the service sector is the biggest um, sector in Mexico, so yeah. you can't really have like everyone working eight hours a day, you know, and forcing employers to give people benefits. Okay. in service sector jobs like uber and stuff like that yeah so i mean i, I don't know I, I feel like it's gonna it 
it's just a it's boomer a double-edged take sword a, huh yeah it's, it's really just a boomer sword. take on a boom like a like an economy that's way past his understanding so i mean what are you gonna do right but i yeah. think like mexico will be fine because like china we're getting like increasingly upset with china our political establishment and india as well and it seems like a lot of the manufacturing sector in china is like just not competitive anymore compared to how it used to be so well, well their standards Korea. of their standards of living have have gone up quite a bit in china like to the point where they have an insanely uh, high yeah. number of people in the middle class now that mm -hmm. there just weren't several decades ago now now they don't really have they still do to a certain extent but the sweatshops that were there many decades ago have now moved to much poorer places on the planet like yeah. china's living standards have risen quite a bit they went from like think... a level of living from africa to basically like better than mexico and you, you guys yeah. don't think that south korea is taking over the chinese manufacturing because not at all no I don't think so, no? no it's actually going to places that are even more poor like vietnam because you got to remember a lot of these factories that were in china for many decades these places are ran by multinational corporations that are just looking for the cheapest horrific places to do business in and yeah china's sadly gotten to the point well not sadly has gotten to the point now where it's just like it's literally too high of a standard of living for them wanting to put businesses there. So now they yeah. want to go to places like Honduras, like Vietnam, mm -hmm. and exploit the people as much as possible. And this is why things like communism become an attractive option to many people in the third world, because they don't want to spend all day, you know, slaving away in a, in a, in like a sweatshop, for example, making nothing with no guarantees. So, so did you guys think like if our governments were to like sit down at a big table in Latin America, we could make this like a great opportunity for us though? Oh, I now, mean, if we all united, believe, absolutely. absolutely. But I the mean, problem that's, is that our elites are, are basically subservient to Washington and their yes. interests. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's like, mm -hmm. do not come at me and tell me that our governments are not corrupt enough to make these deals, backdoor deals with the United States. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, we're not and, naive. And when they tell the United States we're going to do things on our term, you get the Cuba treatment. Mm -hmm. Whether oh, you like yeah. Castro or not, you're going to get the Cuba treatment. Like Mexico has free trade, uh, free trade agreement with the United States. Mm -hmm. And this is, depending on who you ask, this controversial topic has benefited or hurt Mexico. Yeah. But I think it would just be a lot more sensible, like sensical to create these agreements with each other, right? Like, why yeah. doesn't why doesn't Cuba like a, and why doesn't like Dominican a, Republic trade with between... Mexico like the U.S. does, right? Yeah. And I think this would like bring us together culturally and economically too, because when we trade with each other, we agree on each other and we interact and we, you know, and that well, basically creates a, a cultural bonding. This is why I'm a Duganist. This is why I support the fourth political theory, because I think we need to all the Spanish speaking world needs to be united economically. It just makes sense. We can't when we're completely just a bunch of separate co countries and then you have the United States, which is just 50 powerful states all together. They're going to just divide and conquer all of us. It's just it's very simple. Yeah. And I think that whenever we are united economically as a you know, as a strong federation, we can actually flex on them a little bit and we can actually do things on our terms. And yes, there have been problems with some of us in the past with certain countries, but it's like, I would rather do things on our terms than, you know, let gringos decide what we're going to do at the end of the day. That's yeah, how I honestly see it. We can't, we can't let junkies take over. I feel, to be honest with you, I think we should operate in three different groups because it will be more manageable but i feel that our government officials should have like a you know how the un does it like they come together and actually mm -hmm. make decisions we should do that for latin america so that we can have 
you know, I like an understanding, like this sector is gonna be the manufacturer, mm -hmm. uh, top people like Central Americans and Mexico. Mexico will be the mecca for manufacturing. Denise, Denise, the world. Denise, Denise, hold on, hold on. You kind of roboted for like 10 seconds. Can you repeat that again? Oh, I was thinking, like, I believe that we should definitely divide in like three groups, but have like a like a common uh you know like a summit where we can come together and decide what we're going to do or what we're going to develop depending on our location like south america can develop uh specific commerce mexico can be the mecca for manufacturing mm -hmm. yeah and, you know and juan, stuff juan like domingo that. juan domingo perron actually wrote a book on this like he he outlined his vision that like yeah if if all these countries all work together you know, Latin America has all of the resources and all the people, manpower that's needed to, you know, if anything, have more influence on America than they would over us if we were united. But we're not together, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. But that's but the imagine, dream. But, but this is the thing. Why if instead what if instead of waiting for our governments to do that, we don't do that here and take advantage of the fact that we're in the U.S.? You're right, and Denise. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to do with my channel, which is why... I'm not booting people or like telling people like what to think. I want us to have different opinions and come together and mm -hmm. actually do this for our people. Yeah. So, and I think like, the, like the fact that I we think live you have in a good an point. empire, right. That's not our own. I think, you know, it's only makes sense to try to like not integrate in it completely because then we're just basically working for the machine, but mm -hmm. like take advantage of it for us. Right. And keep the money in our community with our people, spend it on our businesses and kind of like help each other out, right? And not them, right? And not just businesses, yeah. but be able to actually invest in things that matter, like universities, like in roads, you know, infrastructure, like yeah. real things, real tangible things, and not just money being thrown in some billionaire's bank account for once. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and Denise, like that's one thing I, I wanted to mention too, because I kind of disagree with your statement that we have to uh, basically be part of the American corporate kind of thing, right? Like that's... Because I feel like it's kind of like evil and it doesn't have our best interest in mind, right? So I don't think I, I don't think people are meant to work at corporations. To I don't, be honest, I don't, like I think it feminizes a lot of men, and we. But shouldn't. this is the thing. But this is the thing. This is my problem. Hmm. Not all of us are going to be uh, developing our countries. Many right. of us are going to be here, and unfortunately, we are disproportionately poor. So the only way for us to have some sense of control, because we have to acknowledge we live in an oligarchy. Like we're going to go a little bit political now, but like we live in an oh, oligarchy yeah. where corporations are the ones ruling over us. And if we want power to put back, be put back in our society and in our community and in our sector of America, which is 18% of it, we have to become part of that corporation if we are to make decisions that are be in pro our people. Mm -hmm. So if we if we keep this mentality that as long as, you know, I get it, we are very Denise. proud people, but we have to incorporate ourselves in these corporations sure. in order to advocate Denise, for Denise, our people. Let me I just ask you this real let, quickly, let me just, though. Because she was replying okay. to me. Let, me. let me just say this. Um, no, I think that's I think it's only worth it if you have that clear consciousness of like that. Yeah, that for, same sure, mindset, for sure. Right? You have that, that understanding. But a lot of Hispanics don't. And I feel like, you know, that's, that's, that's something we should push for, because like you said, a lot of us don't have, you can't go back to our homelands, right? Yeah. But the good thing is that this is our homeland, you know, like yeah. Florida used to be Hispanic. Mexico this is used to, Yeah, this, this is like Texas, California, like this is what we should look at as our own and treat it like our own homeland.
Well, it was New right. Spain. It was ours, objectively. Like, you can't deny that it was. But I was going to yeah, ask you. I mean, it was, whether you want to yeah. look at it from the Hispanic perspective or the native perspective, I, this, this is, was all ours. Absolutely. Without a question. Denise, I was going to ask you, though, what do you mean by incorporate trying to get more into like these corporations? The only reason I ask why is, and I want you to kind of elaborate is because I feel like we're at a disadvantage, like trying to beg these people to let us in their corporations when, you know, these are mostly run by like Anglo types that for the most part don't really seem keen on letting us in. Like, in my opinion, like we're better off almost just making our own businesses from the from the ground up than like trying to just beg these people to be a part of their institutions, if that makes sense. But maybe I'm just misinterpreting what you're advocating for. I, I understand what you're saying. However, the thing is that, look, when I've watched many CEOs, CFOs express themselves about us. Yeah. And basically what they say is that they do not know us. They do not, that we are to be talked to in a specific way, that many of us don't have the preparation to get into this uh, corporations, and many of us are too scared to even apply. What I mean by that is that, like uh, Shastizo said, uh, I'm not trying to make Latinos American people. What I'm trying right. is to make corporate America acknowledge our presence and adjust into our culture so that we can coexist sure sure but what leverage do we have on these multinational corporations with billions of dollars at their exposal to like right make now them do that is my question but that's the thing if we don't start from the entry level and by taking this biting this our kids will have to be in the same position unfortunately because we did not create any ladder for them to go in Whereas if we start now, yes, it's going to be tough. I'm not saying to people, oh, just go and apply to an entry-level position and you're not going to have to go through shit. You're going to have to go through like hard stuff. And you're going to uh, go through you're going to go through stuff. Here's, However, here's the thing, though. A lot of these corporate jobs, these aren't like jobs that are guaranteed to like last forever. Like these may be outsourced to another country in the future. And honestly, I think a lot of, of our people would be at an advantage if we you know, for long term, because I don't think this country is going to be first world forever. I think it's going to get really bad really fast. And I think if we can incorporate ourselves into essential things like the trades that keep, you know, the society functioning, we are going to be at a huge advantage when these companies finally ditch this, com this country and leave. You know, However, maybe what Denise means is that we milk the cow before we kill it. Oh, for steaks. Yeah, definitely milk exactly. it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. I agree because, because, yeah. thank you, Inquisitor. Because what I'm saying is like, even if this, let's say tomorrow these corporations fail, the knowledge that you get to rebuild that or copy paste, we have to learn, we have to be better at copy pasting stuff, successful. Yes. Things, right. Yes. So the only way we can do that if, is if we get inside of it and from the inside out, we are supposed to build our stuff. So we cannot copy the power that powerful corporations have if we don't know the intricacies of the inside of it. So, yeah, of course, we might have to we might have to go into it. And, and that's me, what I, I wanted to make clear too, because um, like I don't want to, I don't want to get misinterpreted as saying like, I don't want, I don't want our people to vie for a position on someone else's chessboard, right? Whether it's corporate yeah. or political. The thing is, um, that these, like, like I mentioned before, these corporations are not ours. They don't have our best interest in mind. We shouldn't, like, we shouldn't aspire to be, you know, to make Google Brown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We should, but what I'm saying is like. I, personally, I like what the Chinese are doing, the Chinese model. 
But that's Which how is. they started. I just put a, a graphic earlier in the stream where it shows that Asians out of the 6% that are in the workforce, 5.9 are in corporate America. Then you will guess why Chinese people, their wealth as a community is even higher than white Americans. Easy, because most of them realize this. We have to go into corporate America, copy paste, and that's how they cripple Wall Street. I don't I know mean, if you guys follow like that. The, thing, though, the Chinese, Chinese government sent people over here on purpose to become educated, to mm -hmm. learn the ropes, and basically copy everything that the corporations are doing. And like, don't you think we should do the same? Like Huawei? You but know, the Huawei, thing is, is the Chinese government has people that, that actually that. care about the Chinese people. Uh, unfortunately, most of Latin America has governments that are not ideologically... Uh, on hmm? in the okay, so let me put it this way in Latin America, most of the people running it are not ideological in the sense that they want to actually promote the interests of, like, you know, the actual people. Um, it's just not like that in Latin America, unfortunately. It's it's, uh, with it's China, puppet, it's puppet controlled by the United States, exactly. Mm -hmm. With China, they had a revolution with Chairman Mao where they put very, very, very ideologically and pro Chinese people in the government that were always going to have the final say. We don't have that situation except for a select few places like maybe cuba and even that it's very weak compared to what it used to be well i mean it's because but they have to right because they used to be subservient to the uh ussr but there's no more ussr right so exactly but, but if you think about it but if you think about it the what bridges that gap between us doing the same thing in our countries and being us the one in control is that we are in the united states therefore we can start an american quote-unquote american corporation for ourselves and then move it in our country making it american as an american corporation which give us leverage like, I suppose if somebody from our countries were to do this and that have to face sense. the government. That, so it's like would, I said. That would make sense because I do. I would, I would support something like that. The thing is, um, what we're talking about is uh, these countries who aren't united and it's separate by different, um, besides the land masses, by different governments and stuff like that. It's separated and it's very easy to divide and conquer by um, American standards because the um, American uh, influence is, let's be honest, kind of worldwide. And the thing is, when they see our countries with some natural resources, they come in and exploit it. And guess yep. what? The people yeah. end up, you know, basically eating rocks, you know. Mm -hmm. So at least if something like what Denise is um, proposing, that would actually make a lot of sense, not only would it make sense in the economic point? Will make sense? It's going to be stupid for me to say. Will make sense in uh, in a Latin uh, Latin uh, diaspora, you know, sense as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Um, having yeah. an American-based company all over Latin America that that right there is something that should be at least strived for and at least looked at as something um, you know not only obtainable but beneficial for the people because. How would it how would it look an American company, not only in America, but in other places in Latin America, giving these people Latin uh, no, American based wages and on top of that, uh, American uh, based uh, lifestyles? You know, mm. that's not nowhere in Latin America. You know what I mean? These yeah. people are literally, you know, 
have two, three, four jobs for somebody that works at McDonald's earning the same thing that they're earning. You know what I mean? So I, I totally understand where Denise is coming from. Yeah, and like I, I, I mean, think, I, I think, for example, you guys are coming from. I yeah. think, for example, the the plan for Puerto Rico. Right now in Puerto Rico, we have the Law 20 and the Law 22. Basically, these two laws create uh, a tax haven for American corporations. However, Puerto Ricans suffer the burnt of it in the island. But let's say me as a Puerto Rican, I start like a hair company here and I go to Puerto Rico, I don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to pay taxes on my real estate because I'm an American corporation that is coming from outside. So I can benefit from the tax exempt status, whereas I can employ more people with it, enrich our people even more and bring that money back home. So we have to start thinking about that. Our governments fail at something, and that is supporting its people. Mm -hmm. But we here in the diaspora can create American corporations that can be brought over there, but it's still us controlling the strings. Hispanic American, Latin American. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's basically mm -hmm. Hispanic American. Yeah. So that's something we should take advantage of. I believe we're we're in the right, like we're very ripe for that type of concept when it comes to corporations. And the for thing sure. is, here in America, we do, um, Latin people do have somewhat an advantage than our the people in our home country because we are in the mixes of these people. We are around these people and we are around these corporations. So we could get some information on how to actually do this and actually do it well. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh Inquisitor, I'm gonna have to move you to the backstage. Wait, no, no, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna leave. So we can Oh, you're gonna leave? That. Yeah, yeah. I'm in fact, you have any final thoughts? You have any final thoughts? Um I just I, I would just like to say that I enjoy the direction that I, I mean, we have a very diverse panel here in terms of like opinion. I, you know, I'm glad that we're just seeing people just behave very civilly with each other. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of like getting on the same page here and that Hispanics generally need to be, um, you know, we need to do things on our own terms. And I would just say real quickly, um, I'm actually going to be interviewing Chivo tomorrow, much like I interviewed the radical Latino uh, like mm -hmm. a week or two ago. Uh, if you guys want to check out my channel, just uh, Google my name. Uh, I, thought you was, I thought it was going to be a surprise, bro. Drop, <laughs> drop the link. Drop the drop the link on the chat so people can see yeah. your channel and that I can subscribe too. Okay, oh, cool. so yeah. drop it. Be free to drop it. If you want to send me an email, I'm going to put it in the banners. I just uh, put it in right now. But yeah, okay. I thank you guys for having me on. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I wish you all the best of luck with everything. And hopefully uh, you guys have a good rest of the week. Okay. Me too. Good Come back me, next yeah. Monday for more content like this. Okay. Thank you for joining. Absolutely. Bye, Denise. Okay. Bye. See you guys. Out. Peace. See you. Right, hey, so, Denise. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. Me too. Uh, maybe if I have uh, time, I'll hop on later. But I got to. I gotta take care of a couple things. No just, problem. You have any final thoughts before leaving? Well, I just wanted to uh, number one wish you good luck with your channel. You know, good to see another Boricua channel out there. Thank and, you. And uh, of course, you're welcome. And and the thing that I would stress to the audience the most is get out of U.S. dollars. Um, get get out of the euro. Get out of the Canadian dollars. Get out of these currencies. You have to treat these currencies like a hot potato. That, that's losing value every second that goes by and trade it for something that's tangible. 
whether that's land, whether it's crypto, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's canned chicken, canned tuna, whether it's a flashlight, <laughs> stocks, get rid of it because they're going to print it till it's worthless. So just buy, buy, you know, put your, get things that are actually real, you know, that you can yeah, touch. Get your, money, you get your money into an investment. Uh, yes, whatever, but but something tangible, right? Like yeah. tr try to get out of paper assets, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'll leave with that because um, I mean, you know, all these guys there eh, from 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 Obama to uh, to Trump to Uncle <laughs> Biden, these guys, paper, they're destroying paper the dollar. You know? is, stocks and paper trading is the same thing, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> he says, "Get something tangible." They're the same thing. Well, yes. Uh, the only thing is with stock is that you actually own a piece of a company that's real. What I mean I'm by paper. I'm disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I just um, you know, you know, just like got to the people because the people will say, "Well, isn't real estate like paper assets?" Due to the fact that when you got a balance sheet, you got like eighty million dollars on on paper. But right, know. right. Okay, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, nah, I'd say land that's is good. valuable, man. Val land is something. Land that, never loses value. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, uh, no. guaranteed. Nobody's saying that it's not valuable, right? It's just long term. It's just no. long term. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. No. Exactly. So yeah, land, gold, canned tuna, anything, but just just don't <laughs> hold dollars. Don't you know if you have if you have a million dollars in your bank account, get rid of it. You know. Trade it yeah. for something else. Trade it for land, for silver, for something. But in Another any case, thing. go ahead, eh, Inquisitor. No, no, me, me va a despedir. Voy a okay, then I'm very glad you joined me, and uh, thank you so much for the support. I hope to see you here Thursday. I would do shortest uh, shows. They're not calling. They're more like informative and more holistic information, so we can have a guide on to entrepreneurship about topics that I have encountered myself and my path to being an entrepreneur. So everybody can tune in Thursdays for those tips and guides and Mondays for discussions like this one. So you're welcome to join anytime, Inquisitor. Gracias, gracias. I subscribe y que Dios me los bendiga todo. Same to you. Bless you. So uh, bro tip and real deal. What's going on? What's going uh, on, bro All right, all right. I'm loving this content already. Oh, Lots of I'm... ideas, as, as little of it as, as, as I caught on to because I just came in like maybe 10, 15 minutes ago. Oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm I glad ran... you're liking it. How do yeah. you, what do you think so far? Yeah, I, I love it. I have a few disagreements though. Um, I don't know who, who said it. Is that, who, who's on the horse? That's me. Uh, what's up, bro? Trustee, what's, what's going on? Um, I have to slightly disagree with you when you, uh, when you said that the corporations are evil and we don't want to emulate the corporations. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, okay. I'm not, yeah, yeah listen, um, I'm not Hispanic or anything like that. So basically I'm speaking from an outsider's point of view here, but I have been involved in the corporate world and I will tell you that it's not evil. It's the people who are, who are misusing that format. Mm. And so you don't want to, um, eventually any system that you're, you're going to have to do that deals with trading and money and stuff like that, there will have to be a corporate structure to it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, for better or worse, the, uh, gringos, as you guys call them are doing it to, to the best 
uh, of its capacity worldwide right now. Even the Chinese, the Asians, are, uh, Chinese, Japanese, all of them are emulating how the how the the uh, Anglo's are doing it. So just do what they're doing, but you know, leave out the evil. <laughs> just yeah, leave out yeah. the evil practices. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. but as far as like what what. Uh, what Denise said, that's on point, man. You need to get in there and learn this thing from the inside out. Get gamed up. I'm yeah, pretty much like agree. Copy paste. Everything copy Denise paste. said. Copy paste. Mm -hmm. uh, let, 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 listen, the Chinese, they are doing that to the T, man. They don't have their own military. You guys know that? They have they have like the bodies, but like all the stuff, the way they do their drills, their their unif uh, uniform uh, uh, patterns, their weaponry, that's all US. They they've been uh, doing corporate espionage on the U.S. since like the '60s, they yeah. had people in there getting gamed up, learning all that stuff, and then coming back. I even said, "Let's do the Chinese model." I think that's yeah, perfect. and I didn't the, the really mean it in the like the country sense because mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think our countries, you know, like we said before, they don't have our best interests in mind. Like right. the Chinese, you know, at least they have like a a government that is at odds with the United States because it has its own interest citizens in mind that actually want yeah. to be a superpower. You know, mm -hmm. I don't I'm, I'm not here expecting Mexico to uh, take over the rest of Latin America and try to become a global power and, you know, reinvigorate the Aztec New Spain Empire. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that's kind of like a fantasy. So like Denise is saying, we have to basically do what the Chinese are doing. I mean, not not the Chinese country, but the Chinese people here. Right. They come yeah. here. They make money. They invest. Yeah. They don't get involved with bullshit, you know, and they even come here just to like to emulate our companies. Listen, so I, think I that's said, the best thing. listen, I said this on another stream like a while back, but it bears repeating. I'm into graphic design, right? And I always give clients two choices. They can pay a hefty fee, like maybe um, $500 to $1,000 for a design, right? If they, get, if they get the template, like I give it to them with the template and all the layers and they pay $1,000 or they can keep paying me, you know, a smaller amount. Every time they need something changed, I change it, but I keep the template, right? And then they mm -hmm. get to pay like like 50 bucks per time. Every time I do it, they, they pay me 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. Guess who are the only clients who ever asked for that template? The Chinese. The Chinese. When I did, yeah. When I, mm -hmm. when, I, when I work for them, they don't see short term paying me 50 bucks every time they need to change something like, hey, bro, tap, can you make this blue and then pay me 50? They don't see that. They want the entire template. They bought the template from me for five for uh, 500 to a thousand dollars. And then they reverse engineered what I did. They copied and pasted, so to speak. They reverse engineered, find out how I do what I do. Now they don't need me anymore. If you guys can do that. Find a way to do that with the corporate structure here. You get in there, like Denise said, and you know you learn what they're doing. And I, I mean, um, we're on the same page, so I'm not really talking to you, but I'm speaking to the viewer, right? Mm -hmm. You you get in there and you learn what they're doing, and, and you go back to, and you could even start small. I, I imagine, like you start with your own small business, or mm -hmm. if if there's a family business that you're part of, you no, know, mm -hmm. uh, out in Puerto Rico or Cuba or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you start small. It doesn't have to be something massive. Someone on the panel said that, oh, um, we should start start our own thing. You, you won't get anywhere by reinventing the wheel. All right. Um, yeah. Like um, th there's nothing wrong with starting fresh, except that you'll be behind everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you want that, you know.
But uh, who, who's this? All aboard! Hey, all aboard is on. But oh uh, yeah, that that that's that's all I needed. To, uh, I wanted to say. So, Thank I you, love Grover, it. for your yeah. for your input. I I like to see that we are being more uh, coming together to discuss things that will benefit our lives, short mm -hmm. and long term. So, yep. like I said, you guys are welcome to come back every Monday and Thursday, and. Let's let's start building. Like, if you guys also have any questions that you would like me to answer or find answers for you, you can shoot me an email. If you need help with knowing where to get grants or doing certain things, let me know. I will um, put my email on the screen, and you guys can send me any email. If you want me to touch a subject for the community, also you can let me know on the email. Um, and like I said, it let's let's keep it moving. Now, real deal wanted to add some commentary when it comes to um, the stock market, and I want to hear his commentary on it because he was kind of choppy earlier. So, real deal, what's up? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, we have legalization of. Uh, marijuana in Mexico that's coming up or has already passed. I don't know if they set up the infrastructure, but Kiron Life Sciences is literally one of the biggest stocks that I've noticed that has government contracts involving medical marijuana in Mexico and the United States. And New Jersey did legalization. New York is planning to do legalization as well next year. Um, He's already so legalized. Cuomo already legalized it for Neary? Yeah, yeah, he already legalized it. Okay, so when it comes to the infrastructure, um, I think that it has a huge upside for the next two years. Uh, we have a lot of stimulus money floating around still, so that means sales and earnings reports should be very healthy due to the fact that uh, people are spending a lot of money on those aspects, uh, $17.5 billion in the last quarter. That was pre-stimulus money. Now we have stimulus money uh, still floating around. I think it can be at least $30 billion uh, by the next quarter. Uh, the Mexican markets is literally having a huge opportunity that's going to be opened up. Um, uh, real deal. Terrell is asking you to teach them how to teach us how to be successful in the stock market. Like if let's say I have never, uh, you know, I have never bet on the stock market. I've never invested anything. How do I get started? What's a comfortable amount of money that you should put in? And what can we expect as a return percentage? depending on where we bet on the stock market? Well, one, I like to always look at what the hedge funds are doing when it comes to what are they investing in. There's tools that I like to use, like hedgefollow.com. People that book a consultation with me pretty much uh, figure out how to find companies on their own while looking at the companies that I may provide on a newsletter when it comes to government contracts. I look at companies with government contracts, meaning that it's federally backed, it already has money guaranteed, It, it doesn't have all the uh, speculative speculation like a lot of companies that don't have government backing. And for an investment that would be comfortable for somebody, I would say anything that you are in, comfortable with, no matter if it's $20 per stock, $50 per stock, or just setting aside $200 a month when it comes to a position. Because really, you want to do fixed dollar cost averaging. 
and that is a warm buffet term, meaning that if you are going to invest in a stock for the long term, you do not put $500 in a stock at one sitting. You may put $30, $40 into a stock to be, be able to make sure that you preserve your capital. And people say uh, expect, expected returns. If you want to expected re returns, try index funds because nothing is guaranteed. Only thing that would be some, somewhat semi-guaranteed would be ETFs. And the best ETFs out there would be like tech ETFs, uh, minus if bond yields doesn't uh, go up and interest rates doesn't spike up too you know soon. What's, you know what's crazy? And I want you to give me your opinion on this, but I've seen a lot of people and I've never been a believer of having the latest iPhone. Okay. Like I buy an iPhone every time my iPhone dies. So as a matter of fact, I still have my iPhone eight. <laughs> so. Um, instead of buying an iPhone, let's say I have the money to buy an, a new iPhone today, but instead I put that money into the stock market. I believe every Apple share is like at 250 right now. Uh, do you think mm -hmm. that's something smart or you think that's something that we should just not do? Well, I like to, if you're going to do Apple, I would say call options, but options would be something that would be advanced. So I would say, look at the technology that Apple uses. They have semiconductors. We have a semiconductor shortage. So that means AMD and American Batteries Metals. Uh, no, that'd be ABML. And ABML to do some research and AMD to do research when it comes to advanced micro devices. So semiconductors. Denise, you always invest in the technology because stock, when it comes to Apple, only how Apple can move and have big jumps like Amazon and Tesla has is if they 10x their revenues, meaning that they go from $1 trillion to $10 trillion in valuation. Not even so if they come up with like a new commodity, like for example, like the tax. Now, let's say they were like a big boom and people start buying tax left and right. You think the stock market on Apple will go up? Yeah, it'll go up, but it's not going to have a huge parabolic hot turn. Yeah, when, when he mean parabolic, he's literally talking about where the volume is literally so high off of people buying it, head funds, really, that's going to be the ones, the whales that buys it when it comes to parabolic shift. But stock, when it comes to Apple, it'll be a stable stock. Okay. So Apple is something that you would hold on for long term to be long able to term. have stable returns without having the volatility. Because certain so stocks. Mm -hmm. So basically, if I'm going to buy a, an iPhone every year instead, what's your recommendation? Instead of buying it, put the money towards Apple stock or buy it every year? I would say fixed dollar cost averaging. If you're going to buy Apple stock, it would be like something you would do as something comfortable monthly or quarterly because when okay. I'm not very I'm like, if you're going to do something when it comes to 5g, like 5g stocks and broadband stocks is going to benefit the most off of Biden due to the fact that you got a corporation that's already saying that I made money under Obama Biden administration. I'm going to yeah. plan to make even more money under Biden. So that's why I preach infrastructure bill. And that's why uh, people that book a consultation with me and also people that uh, are in my channel, also got list when it came to companies that benefit from uh, infrastructure bill, stimulus uh, check three, stimulus check four, that's gonna be later in August, and also any other type of federal back plays. So 
And, uh, and, uh, yes, and all, all of the semiconductors are in Taiwan. So Taiwan semiconductors, I think that's a TSM ticketer. Look at TSM ticketer as for research when it comes to semiconductors. Chad Stiso asks uh, if you could repeat the name of the, I don't know if you or Brotev said it, the name of the marijuana company in Mexico, right, Chad Stiso? Yeah, the one, the one that you said had contracts with the Mexican government. Okay, that would be ticketer. Let me, let me get this for you. That would be ticketer K-H-R-N-F. So it's K Chiron Life Sciences. Wait, K H. K H R N F F. That's their that's their code. That's the ticketer. That's the stock ticketer. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So then you got oh, Village wow. Farm Internationals. Uh, they have another. They have con land contracts as well. That's ticketer V. No V F F on the Nasdaq. For sure. So that's why I look at anything that has government contracts, because anything with government contracts is federally backed. It already has money put up. I think it really needs to be able to be rolled out for mass mm -hmm. consumption. Okay. Well, uh, real quick, um, I, I think this is a good time for me to just say I'm a, I'm a dip. I still have to go to the gym. It's like 8.30 over here on the West Coast. So, you know, I got to get in there before they close. So. Thank you for letting me on. I, I appreciate you're doing these kind of streams. I think this is a good topic, you know, like yeah. economics, money. This is shit that unites us, right? So I think this is yeah. sick. Yeah, Emails I'm, I'm going to be here every Monday. And like I said, if you have any ideas, uh, you want to contribute to the channel, you want to bring up your own questions, you can always hit me up. And my email is on the screen right now. Mm -hmm. And you're welcome to come here and share your opinions too. Everybody's welcome in my channel. Awesome. Yes, too. Expect me Thank here. Thank you. Orale. Thank you, you. You guys have a good one. You too. All right, man. My email's in the chat. So, the, yeah. Um, I'm going to highlight uh, Real Deal's email. If anybody has any questions, you guys want any advice, uh, make sure you hit him up. I for sure will hit him up because I have some questions that I want him to answer. Uh, now, um, Bro tap, do you have anything? Because I'm gonna start wrapping this up. We have 15 more minutes and to final for final thoughts. Uh uh real deal. Do you have any final thoughts? My final thoughts is we have a lot of money that's floating around. Uh people need to be more corporate, uh, create an LLC before Biden raises taxes due to the fact you can still take advantage of the Trump tax cuts when Trump cut it from 35 to 21 percent. Biden will be raising it from 21 to 28 percent or 28 to 30 percent. So if you're going to create your LLCs and get incorporated and do all the corporate stuff that you guys have been saying, create your LLCs now. And if anybody wants to create a entity and still have it Latin based, choose Panama. That's why we had the Panama Papers and people was hiding in literally multi-billions of dollars. Okay. When it came I'm going to I'm going to hit you because mm. that's another video I have in the future. Uh, I'm going to hit you up for uh, you and me to have an interview. I'm going to shoot you an email so that we can set it up and we can talk about this subject further, like to give people a guide on how to start an LLC, get the EIN number or their tax social security, basically, and start from there. 
So it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's very important for people to have a clear path on how to start their own companies and, you know, they don't get confused or intimidated by the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was so, a pleasure, Denise. Same here. Thank you for joining and supporting my channel. I appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Have a good night. So uh, all aboard, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I want to just um, explain what an LLC is for people that may not be, be familiar. Um, well, an LLC basically is a limited liability corporation, which means basically that even though you're the sole owner, I mean, not the sole owner, but like you're the one pulling the strings in a corporation, you Uh, If you get into a lawsuit or the corporation goes into bankruptcy or anything, they cannot go against your personal assets. So that's why it's advised to start an LLC. Yes, and I think that's really important. It's interesting because I was talking about that with my brother um, earlier today. So I think that that is the message I would want to leave with is protect yourself. If you have any kind of business, it could be something small. You could be cutting yards. You could be writing papers for someone. Anything mm-hmm. that you do, protect yourself. And you can do that with um, an LLC. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for bringing that up because that's something that people don't often know. Like you can be the sole owner of something, but your personal assets will be uh threaten if something happens with your corporation whereas an llc they can only come after the corporation itself so that's something you have to think about it comes with tax benefits you can also purchase vehicles real estate i will talk in in depth about llcs in the future short future and i mean i will if you can uh send me an email uh all aboard we can have a conversation about it and bring it up to the people too. Like if you want to have a conversation about it, let me know and we can talk to people about what an LLC is in more depth. I really appreciate this show because I didn't expect to get so much information based off of the, you know, previous interactions with some of these people, but that just supposed to show you that everyone most people have something to add. If you can break yeah. down their the trolling and the guidelines um or whatever like you can break it down most people have something to add that's valuable yeah for sure for sure and and that's the whole purpose we want to come here we want to move from the trolling and it's fun i'm not gonna lie it's fun there are views on that and everything but we have to get this train moving so that we can be the faces that our kids and other latin kids and kids from even other minorities see as an example of a path to follow into financial freedom. So I appreciate that you came here early to contribute to my channel and like contribute to the conversation too. And you brought information that was valuable to me as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you next Monday. <laughs> uh, Terrell, um, how, are, how are you doing Terrell? Oh, I'm doing good. I just want to say I want to give a big shout out to your channel. This <laughs> is a productive night, and I like the channel. I knew it was going to go well. Thank you very much, Terrell. I appreciate your support. And you Maybe you can do more videos during the week, not just once a week, maybe two or three times a week, and expand your channel more. 
Hope. Yeah, I will eventually because uh, I want to have I'm I'm thinking about how to do like my studio so I can be like live and you guys can see me live. Um, so, yeah, definitely the channel will grow. Uh, for now, I'm doing uh, Thursdays, like a 20, 25 minute tops uh, shows to show people like how to entrepreneur from scratch. Um, different things and different topics. And now uh, on Mondays, we have a discussion about different topics on the socioeconomics of our community. So you're more than welcome to be here. And like I said, I thank you very much for being here. What time is it going to be on Thursdays? In Thursdays is 6 p.m. Those are shorter videos. Uh, but basically, I'm going to be sharing like different things that will help people in their you know, either if they want to start their own business or if they want to start, like we discussed with all aboard the LLC, get their IEN, how to get write-offs for taxes and stuff like that. So definitely tune in uh, Thursdays. If you miss it, it's still going to be in my channel. But if you want to call in, Mondays at 6 for now. Well, I will be here. I hope this channel be really great and hopefully we can discuss many topics and hopefully it can empower us to do better and do better in life and hopefully make some money so we won't be in a poverty state. That's right. You know yeah. how it is. <laughs> Thank I you know. for tuning in, Terrell, okay? Yeah. I was going to say I was going to be here and support your channel. I'm going to try to keep the trolls out. Thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate all the work you have to do today. <laughs> yeah, I do my best. I know thank I you. Be. <laughs> and I want to thank all the moderators that have been doing an amazing job, uh, keeping it classy. You know, mm -hmm. keeping it professional. I really appreciate you guys' support. And you know, yeah, you know the trolls are coming, right? Oh yeah, for you, sure. You know that on the way. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even keep your name out their mouth on other people's channels, let alone really? when they come here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you didn't notice on Fighters um thing that he had going on. They, they, your name came in their mouth. I, I exit. I exit. I, did not, <laughs> I could not finish because I had some other things to do, but I was there to support Fighters still. Yeah. And I shoot a question and I continue, but like I couldn't finish it, unfortunately. Good. I, I, I really appreciate that this channel here is not really about that stuff. This channel here is about progressing, moving forward. And, you know, this is a great start. Like, comment, subscribe. If you're on any social media platform, I need you to go and share the link to this channel. Share a link to this video and come back and watch it with a friend or two or ten. Right. And hit that cash app. Content like this, even though we like giving it for free, in order to keep giving it for free, we need some support. All right. Yeah, so, you know, show, show some love, bless that cash app so that we have more, uh, um, Denise can have more time, you know, to, to allocate to bringing you more information that can make your life better. As, as far as what I wanted to contribute before I go is, you know, start being money minded, right. And look into monetizing things that, you don't normally think about monetizing, right? So yeah. a, a lot of the people who have, a lot of the corporations, since we were talking about that early, a lot of the corporations who, who have become fabulously wealthy, they've done so with 
non-tangible products like, you know, uh, um, intellectual property, right? So, you know, recipes for fried chicken and all kinds of cookbooks and comic book characters. These are intellectual property. So if you got an abuela who, you know, she gets down, she throws down in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe talk to her about writing down those recipes and making yourself a cookbook. And that way you have the intellectual property that keeps feeding you. You don't have to work for it. The book is out there making money for you. It's something that's it start being money minded. Your, 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 your cousin and your brother loves working on cars. Maybe you find a way to monetize that monetize your life. Be money, be money minded. Yeah. So that that's, yeah, that that's what I wanted to contribute to that. All right. But I appreciate yeah, it. you know, yeah, but it's true. We have to, I feel like we have to learn uh, what skills do we have? If we did not, you know, if, even if you didn't went to college, you have to find what skills do you have that are high income mm -hmm. skills that yeah. you can definitely redirect into becoming a business. That's what I said. Start working mm. intentionally, not yeah. just by accident. You're not going to keep waking up and, and clocking in unless that's the only motivation you have. If your only motivation is to clock out and never come back and, you know, get rid of your boss, then you're mm -hmm. not the right person to have a business. You have to want to mm -hmm. do this because you love the grind, you love the hustle, and you want the financial freedom, and you're willing mm -hmm. to put in the work and are ready for the challenges. Yeah, uh, I think, oh, Rad's back. But Rad's I think this back. will be, well, this this show will be a nice, uh, um, you know, uh, hand in hand with what I do on Thursdays, which is Uppity Knickers, because we, we talk about progressing too. That's why I so, made it shorter because yeah. on Thursdays, because I don't want to interfere with your content and I want to contribute to your channel. No, well, it, it, it will be a nice segue, a nice one-two punch combo because yeah. you're talking about financial financial freedom and progressing financially. I'm mm -hmm. talking about almost the same thing. The only thing is, oh, is this a troll? No, that's the <laughs> no, real rat. Okay, that's the oh, real rat. Yeah, but and me, I'm I'm talking about the same thing. The only thing is, I'm bringing a little bit of geekdom in there because you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a comic book guy and a cartoon guy, a movie guy. So I'm bringing a lot of that stuff in there. But we're we're on a we're on a same page baby let's get it <laughs> yeah let's get it like like i yeah. said i'm gonna have the preamp to your show i'm gonna have yeah. like, like small clips like you know 30 minutes or 20 minutes i'm not gonna make it that long and it's gonna be at six and then we'll go to opera niggers on your channel yeah. and talk about uh basically how to progress in different areas so if yep. you yeah. our content will get you set up for the future yeah cross yep. promotion is also you know really important you know that's mm -hmm. uh that's a great thing i'm sorry i had to step out i just had to do something real quick i do uh -huh. want to i do want to say um based on the the first of all i want to give you a huge congratulations on your first stream shout out to mm -hmm. you Thank um you, yeah Please let your fiance do the same as well. You know what I mean? You can't, <laughs> I'm have trying to, be, to push him. Yeah, you guys got to be, uh, you know, a power couple up in here. Um, but uh, <laughs> congratulations on your first stream. Um, I'm looking forward to more of your content. Um, I'm definitely going to share uh, a lot of your videos out here. Um, you know, I want to I wanna just... Pretty much say I, I pretty much said what I needed to say uh, about it. Um, these companies out here in Latin America, you know, are basically the government is is just kowtowing for the people that's giving 
the more more, more capital, you know? Yeah. And if we put ourselves in a position, like you said, um, in a financial position where we have, you know, companies and all this other stuff around, and we put ourselves in a, a position where we can actually make the capital happen to the point where we'll match it or even increase it for beneficial things to the people, you know, in Latin America, these evil companies wouldn't have a chance, you know? So yeah, at least yeah. we, at least that's a game plan. And I really support your game plan. And, um, the, the, the real, the real thing is, um, the real thing is that I, I feel like we should take care of our people first here and then yeah. focus, um, later on, in you know in our home countries you know what yeah, i mean yeah that that's what i said to many of us like we're 60 million people we can yeah. definitely have some in corporate america influxing us with money here and we can also have let's say three million of us yeah uh doing businesses for latin america using the advantage of being in the american market yeah so we um, have to shout really... out to terrell yeah i'm showing my face a little <laughs> bit more yeah 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 yeah. i'm getting y'all ready for june i'm getting y'all ready for june by you're june. teasing us right you're that's what it is really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna listen this is probably gonna be the i'm gonna put out a video on the update on my dna and the whole okay. thing is gonna be with my face oh uh oh my all right and by the way before, you guys, leave, before you guys leave before you guys leave i wanna give you like uh authorization even though i have a disclaimer i don't know if you guys read it down uh in the in the scrolling no i didn't um, banner okay i i'm not giving authorization to people to use my content unless they request it and it's written but i'm giving you and bro tip uh authorization to use whatever you guys want from my channel oh like, thank you thank you, thank you. Okay. Also, also just Ooh to let you know on on your algorithm on your um youtube studio if you go to copyright you can see who uses your thing and you can flag them or whatever the case is so i'm just letting you know that yeah Ooh. yeah i'll be i'll be like i said if you guys yeah wanna... i've been i've been very generous with people using my stuff yeah yeah i've been very generous don't be to, yeah, don't to, be. Nah, nah, to me I, I i could care less you know right now like i said there's a whole stream going on with just me you know, uh, me and Chi me and Chivo, but it's mostly about me anyway. It's I mostly to, about me. We need to me. go backstage after this finish and yeah. like have a conversation because I want to ask you guys a few questions. Okay. All right. And so let's say bye to the people. I want to thank everybody that joined us tonight and everybody that is catching the recap. Thank you very much for supporting my channel. Thank you very much for coming yeah. here. I hope to see more of you to come next week and every week so that we can get better and Latin Latins plain our business uh, to America. Yeah. <laughs> Have uh, a nice you, one. With that being said, I'm going to catch you out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> where's, uh, where's Anise? Uh, I don't I don't know. She messed up. I think she she got, she, yo, she they got up. her. No, no, they no. Got her. Like, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, hold on, hold on. Hold on. The Gringos got her. Wait, no, 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 wait. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Wait, 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 wait. No, uh, hit her up I'm on a, IG. No, no, no. I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna call her right now. 